is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you. Ton of Jets talk to get to today. Really looking forward to welcoming in Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun, Brandon Rowicki of Skates and Plates, and a very special guest joining us in our number two, Winnipeg Jets center, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Should be a great one. Lots to get to coming off of last night's 5 nothing win over the Calgary Flames to finish up the home portion of the preseason. Jets off today, out to Calgary tomorrow, and then a few days in Banff for a little bit of team building. We'll talk about camp and all of what's to come with Pierre-Luc Dubois a little later on in the program. Um, obviously, we've got to get to the uh, latest developments on the Hockey Canada story as well. Blue Jays getting ready to start their series tomorrow. Well, against Michael Remus's Seattle Mariners. All of that coming up later on in the program. Uh, but before we do that, welcome to everyone that's with us live on YouTube or watching after the fact. Make sure you've hit that red subscribe button and join us daily if you're able to at 1 o'clock. And if you're subscribed to the channel, of course, it's completely free. Unable to join us live, get onto YouTube later on. You'll have the freshest Winnipeg sports content available for you. And of course, wherever you get your favorite audio podcasts, Make sure you subscribe to Winnipeg Sports Talk there as well. And of course, a huge thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Couldn't do it without them, including Princess Auto, our friends at Cool Bet Canada, Thursday Night Football edition of The Lock Shop just dropped with my pal Justin Nielsen. Check that out as well, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Of course, Not Auto Corp, Consolidated Supply, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health, Aikens Lake, Culligan Water, F Apparel, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Canadian Club Whiskey, Breezy Bend, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and of course our favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug. Let's get going here on a Thursday afternoon. Michael Remus joins me now. Rima, what is up? Yeah, just fired up from the Jets win yesterday. I mean, I know it's preseason, but it was an exciting game for sure. I mean, five goals, power plays looking good. Uh, big save Dave. I think there were some questions from people about him. He's looking good, but also this Jays Mariners playoff series. So I can't wear a jersey tomorrow for Stu show, but uh, I got the jersey on. Jersey on today. What? What are your? Uh, what are? Where's your confidence levels now that the Mariners I'm, have finally returned actually, to the postseason? I don't want to get too deep in this. We've got a lot of Jets, but I'm actually kind of confident. I I think home field advantage for the Jays is real, but I think when you have uh, Luis Castillo and Robbie Ray going one two, I think you got to feel good about that. So. Uh, I think it's going to be a good series. I, I am looking forward to watching it tomorrow at three after the show. Yeah, I guess Robbie Tight Pants is going to be going in game number two, I believe, for the uh, for the Mariners. And of course, tomorrow it's Alec Manoa on the hill for the uh, Jays. Their undisputed ace getting the uh, the first pitch from John Schneider. Uh, so we will touch on that a little bit later on. But as you mentioned, um, very interesting game last night and a very important preseason game for a number of Winnipeg Jets on the bubble trying to crack the roster. And we'll get Scott Billick's thoughts and Brandon Rewicki as well a little bit later on, as I mentioned, Pierre-Luc Dubois in the hour two of the program. Uh, but Rima, before we talk about the positional battles and the power play um, and some of the bright lights of skaters, you mentioned um, Big Save Dave was phenomenal last night. And... Um, Listen, I know that he's going to be a guy that's not going to get a ton of action as long as Connor Hellebuck is healthy. 
but that was a performance certainly to instill some confidence in the coaching staff that he's a guy that can still put out a great professional effort and help teams win hockey games. Um, he was just great last night and got on the scoreboard as well. He had more points than anyone in a Calgary uniform. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. And I think we had a lot of questions about uh, big save Dave. You know, he hadn't, he hadn't had a, that great of a season last year. He said he wasn't playing a lot and, uh, he, we definitely got a lot of action last night, 37 saves in the shutout. And that's what you got to do. If you want to get the confidence of your team, earn some more starts. Um, I think the jets played well in front of him, clearing out some of the rebounds, but he's got to make the saves. He saw the, sh saw the shots and, uh, he was pretty good as a big night for the new additions. There weren't many hustler, uh, new additions to the jets, uh, free agent signings, but the other one, Sam Gagne, I think opened up a lot of people's eyes, getting some power play time on the first one. Beautiful sauce pass outweighing the defenseman to Kyle Connor. Uh, he had two assists. Sam Gagne, we talked about his uh, veteran presence, good in the room. We talked about his versatility. He can play in pretty much, we think he can play in any line. He He's on the power play. He did have uh, 20 seconds uh, on the penalty kill as well. Does that count? But he can also play any of the three forward positions. And it's funny, I was listening to the CJOB uh, postgame show, and they're like, you know, in Gagne's early years, you know, you would be like, what is he? Is he a winger or a center? And they couldn't figure out what he was in Edmonton. Now it's like, he's great. He's everything. This is exactly what the team needs. And I had friends text me, he is the new Kyle Wellwood, the veteran signing. <laughs> min, min, sign, min salary, late in the training camp signing, guy who has had success before, comes here, gets a, maybe a bigger role than he'd had and gets to play with some really talented players. We can talk about the top line as well, who was uh, awesome last night. But you get to play with them. Hey, points points happen when you can put a uh, pass like over the defenseman stick onto Kyle Connor's tape right right in there, like in the right in front of the that, goalie. He's putting that in every time. That was such a sweet move uh, uh, by Gagne. I mean, he complete. I believe it was Rasmus Anderson, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was the defenseman. And he had him bite so hard on that first move, opened up space, put it right on Kyle Connor's stick, and you know 81 isn't missing that from point-blank range. Um, I really like the look of Gagne on the power play. And what is interesting is that Pierre-Luc Dubois wasn't in the lineup yesterday. I think you know we assumed that Dubois was part of that PP1 group. But there is the potential if Gagne really clicks, and we'll see whether they go with that or try something else, uh, you know, in tomorrow's preseason finale against the Calgary Flames. It does open up some options, maybe to get a little bit more firepower on the second power play unit. Um, uh, well, we'll see how all of that transpires, but I will say this, Gagne did not look out of place at all on the Jets' power play yesterday and really made the most of opportunities, whoever he was out with, scoring, getting on the score sheet a couple times. And... Um, Listen, if this is what the Winnipeg Jets got for, as you mentioned, a league minimum salary on a one-year deal, it is going to be money well spent, never mind the effect that I think he can have as a well-liked veteran player in the room as part of the uh, a new atmosphere around the Winnipeg Jets locker room. Yeah, we were, hey, we were pumped for the Gagne signing. Uh, we were, we set off the alarm. I posted on our TikTok yeah. and we got there some comments alarm. like, you alarm got worthy. excited. Yeah, you got excited for Gagne. I was like, yeah, we were waiting. For something, he's fitting in well, Huss. He led all forwards in power play ice time. 
yesterday. So they look taking a look. He hadn't played a lot of preseason. And there he was with two points alongside Kyle Connor. Or he had Ganya two assists. Kyle Connor two goals. And how about Nikolai Ehlers uh, looking strong um, with the no-look pass, the pass to uh, Shafley from the play in the power play, which was uh, power play looking pretty good. They were three for five. Ehlers, one goal, two assists. So, I don't know, a lot of a lot of excitement. And I I do wonder, is this Jets' top line, Shafley, Ehlers, Connor, are they one of the top lines in the league? And you got to get excited if you think maybe they are, or maybe they're they're up there. I wouldn't say like they're not they're number one. There's a lot of good lines, but they they got skill. Okay, so and this is a perfect time to get into this. Uh, this line is exciting. Uh, Kyle Connor scored forty seven last year. Mark Shifley's certainly capable of popping thirty. Nikolai Ehlers very capable and expected to score thirty. I was going to talk to Pat and the guys over at Cool Bet, and and this is sort of off that that bet that we had on on Monday, where they did a prop on combined yards from Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup for the Monday Nighter. What is the number? What is the over under on total goals for Connor Shifley and Ehlers combined as oh. a line for the year? Oh, you wanting me to give you a number right now? Well, I'm trying to think, like, what do you think that line would be? I mean, like, I'm with Balls last night after the game. We're talking about everything that we've seen. And he goes, and we're, and we were also getting ready for our hockey draft. And, you know, we're saying, well, Kyle Connor can certainly get 40, Shifley 30. And I'm thinking, like, can one line produce 100 goals this season? And if that happens, I mean, if one guy's scoring, the others aren't. But, I mean, we saw in Calgary last year that top line of Lindholm, Gaudreau, and Matthew Kachuk all put up massive numbers. And I guess we'll find out what that number would be. I'll, you know, I'll get the bookmakers to make it, and we can decide on whether we're going to jump on it one way or the other. But the bottom line is this unit, if they can really click together, we know what Ehlers can do. We know what Shifley's capable of, and we certainly saw the best of Kyle Connor last season. I think there is the potential that this could be one of the top lines in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, whether they can do it consistently, how long it'll take them to really click. Uh, well, maybe it won't take long at all because they certainly looked like they were clicking last night. And I can tell you, a lot of people fired up leaving the building last night talking about that new look number one line for Rick Bonus's squad. Yeah, the passing, the skill. I think the question that we have is, can they play defensively responsible? Uh, but you saw in the, what the Connor Orchek to set up uh, his goal with the pass from Ehlers. I mean, you can do that with that speed. So they looked strong. I'm trying to think. So I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Connor, he's got 50, and I think it's you could if you want to be conservative. You could say Shifley and Ehlers have 25 each. I think injuries. Always, I mean, assuming they're going to play full 82, I think they're probably going to miss some games because of injuries. Just because NHL, you guys get hurt and you can't predict it. But yeah, that's a that's a hundred right there. I if it's look. 99 and a half, are you taking the over for those three yes. players this season? Okay, I'll tell you what Dom has. He's got Shifley 31, Ehlers 33, and Connor, he's got 44. So even there, like that's that's a, Ooh, over a hundred. I think I think over a hundred, I think that's almost like a favorite to be over a hundred from from those three. But it's not about those three, yes. It's about the rest of the lineup. Can they get goals? They're trying to improve. I like how they say, okay, we need to get better at these areas. Um, power play, you get a couple percentage points better. That's a couple goals. Penalty kill, if we can get a couple percentage points 
veteran penalty kill. That's a couple goals saved. So I, I like the way the coaching staff has approached it. And it really seems like they've identified areas where they were not good and they're trying to fix those areas. And it seemed like we didn't have that in previous years. And they were kind of just rolling with they had what they had been doing for so long. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, and, and I'm with you. I mean, it, listen, it's easy to get fired up and excited as fans should be about what that line looked like and what they were able to do last night against a Calgary lineup that had all of their NHL defensemen in, you know, their top couple of lines. Um, but it, it is so much more about, you know, having one line blow up if this team's going to be successful overall. And, um, you know, certainly the the style and the structure of the Winnipeg Jets game is, you know, significantly different from what they had had in the past. And I think that is going to be somewhat of a process. Um, you'll probably have some nights where it looks great, probably have some other nights where it's not all there together. But I do think, Remo, one thing is very, very clear is that these players are listening to Rick Bonus and his message is sinking in with them. And there's no better place to start to talk about that than in shift length. Um, it was what last Tuesday where we heard Rick Bonus talk about the uh, length of the shifts of one line in particular. Uh, and then making a point of reiterating that the veterans cannot be the problem. And uh, it seems like that message resonated with some of the most important players on the team. Just looking at the shift report last night from National St Natural Stat Trick, Mark Shifley, average shift length, 44 seconds. Kyle Connor, average shift length, 42 seconds. Nikolai Ehlers, average shift length, 41 seconds. That is significantly less than what those players did in game number one. And lo and behold, look at the success that they had last night against the Calgary Flames. There you go. Uh, again, identifying areas where they need to improve. The team seems to be listening. And I think um, you have to be encouraged that there is some buy-in here, apparently. So, look, I, you know, you, look at the, you can look at all the projection systems that have the Jets, you know, what, anywhere between third and sixth in the central. But I think what we're looking to see is improvement from last, last season. And um, even though they lost Stasny and Kopp, um, I do think this uh, coaching staff, I think they feel like they can get uh, you know much better result than we saw, even without those two players. So um, definitely exciting over a 5-0 win. It's better, you know, they say preseason doesn't matter, but... Um, more way better having a 5-0 win than a 5-0 loss. We'll see what happens on Friday. We don't really know what the lineup is. They did make one roster move, sending down Arvid Holm, who was the backup, uh, who you know came up to back up uh, Riddick yesterday. So uh, they're off today, and we're kind of awaiting now uh, what they're going to do with this roster. They got to cut a couple guys. Yeah, well, and listen, we're going to get to that uh, coming up with uh, with the guys uh, Scott Billick and Brandon Rewicki before we chat with Pierre Luc Dubois of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Listen, going into last night's game, there was a lot of talk about Brad Lambert, and justifiably so. He was brilliant in the third period in Montreal, helping the team come back and win late, and he was the star of the show on Saturday night in overtime late in the third period. Yesterday was a big, big opportunity for Lambert. He was playing with Cole Perfetti and Dominic Toninato, and... Uh, Remo, maybe if you can, let's. Uh, we're gonna hear a, a few clips from uh, from uh, Bones. Um, but if you can get uh, number six ready on the Lambert Perfetti line, um, 
There were some moments where you saw the incredible speed as particularly and skill of Brad Lambert. Um, but that was a very different game against a bigger, meaner team. Um, and I have a feeling the results of last night are going to mean that Brad Lambert most likely will be plying his trade at least to begin the season with the Manitoba Moose. Um, but here's what Bones had to say on the Lambert Perfetti line last night. So again, they haven't practiced with Dom at all. So, you know, Doobie's going to be in there with wheels, and um, that changes the dynamics of the lines and, and for those kids. But they got a good taste tonight. Cole's played in the league before, Brad hasn't. So it, it was a good eye-opener for Brad, I'm sure. Uh, see, they, they, again, you're, you're, you're sitting on the bench, you look at Jonathan Huberdeau, and you're looking at Kadri, and you're looking at Lindholm, and you're looking at a lot of very good players on the other team. It's a little bit intimidating the first time you see them all together for a kid like Brad. So they listen, they, they handle themselves fine tonight. All right, so there's Rick Bonus, and uh, I, I think it was pretty clear um, after that game with the comments of the head coach that you know, if you were counting on Brad Lambert being in that opening day lineup, probably not the case. But I still believe Remo, especially if if we, as I expect him to end up with the Manitoba Moose to begin the season, depending on what happens in the top six with injuries or availability of players, I don't think it's out of the question to think that Brad Lambert gets a call up at some point. But I think it will be very good for him to play a lot playing a very important role for Mark Morrison in the Manitoba Moose and, you know, get used to this North American style of hockey for the first year overseas and uh, get his feet wet as an AHL professional before getting a real taste of the NHL. Yeah, just from reading between the lines, I know Ken always uh, talks about that when relating to coach speak. He just said, he said, hey, they're going to have Dubois and Wheeler in with Perfetti. They're not going to start mixing it up. They have the, um, you know, their lines, I think, set. And, you know, he's 18 years old. We definitely saw some flashes. But having him with the moose, uh, probably the best thing. I think being a waivers exempt does play into a lot of these decisions, too. And also, you know, not having a Ross Bar. They, they like the Baron with Lowry and Appleton line. And we'll kind of see how this fourth line shakes out. But I do wonder if they kind of just go with, hey, um, you know, Manaline and you had a great camp. But... You know, it's easier to send you down than the Harkins and um, and Tonato. Tonato, shout out to him for that breakaway goal last night. What, what a head, hilarious. What, I mean, the timing of him coming out of the penalty box. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy literally come out of the penalty box with the puck on his stick. Like, basically, like he was shot out of a cannon for a breakaway by the Calgary Flames. Um, the The special teams were really good last night. Um, obviously the power play was a big, big part of the success. And, you know, you saw 55 and 27 and 81 all over the score sheet. Remo, grab number two, if you could. Uh, and of course, Sam Gagne, who we talked about really contributing on the power play as well. Um, Brad Lauer spoke about a new system, trying to have some different looks and being able to adapt like the top power plays in the league. We saw some of that last night. Here's Rick bonus on what he saw from the Jets with the man advantage. Well, uh, they just, again, they just move the puck so quick and they're finding those seams and Sam was good out there tonight and hanging on to it and making plays and and they use, you know, they, they went to the open ice and then they moved the puck quickly and they found some seams, which they're very good at. 
Ehlers is a threat coming downhill, not only to score but to find Let's that seam. Let's go in reverse. Once five. you make that seam, they got the whole block, the whole penalty kill running around, and the goalie's got to move. And they just had a, did a great job moving the puck. And Ehlers' goal is the perfect example of that. Everybody's over here, and Sam finds him wide open on the other side. All right, Rick Bonus on uh, the power play. And obviously, I mean, like the uh, new defensive structure, everything that the coaches are trying to instill in this club, very different from what they've done before. Um, and Bones talked a little bit about the progress he's seeing in his team of uh, learning their special teams arrangements. There's progress, but I sent them an email um, in 1st of September, everybody coming to training camp that we were going to spend a lot of time on specialty teams to get ready for it in training camp because... Again, the league is so tight, your specialty teams are going to win or lose a lot of games. And um, a lot of one-goal games in our league, and it just there's, there's no room for error. So your spe- our special teams have to be better, um, and we'll just keep working on it. But they were told in September, come to camp, get ready to spend you know, quality time on our specialty teams, and we get to BAMP. We're going to spend more time on them. It's something you have to continually work on. Bones firing off emails to start off September saying, hey, we're getting after it on the power play and the PK guys get ready to work. Um, And as he mentioned, uh, that will be a focus certainly of the club when they uh, prepare out west for a few extra days before waiting to start their season Friday, a week tomorrow against Jacob Truba and the New York Rangers. Um, Number four is this one. Bones uh, talked about just his thoughts on the guys getting the new systems that uh, he and his coaching staff is installing. We're made, we've made progress every day. Uh, and we play like that five on five when we're pressuring. We'll be a very hard team to play against. Um, use use our speed, uh, protect the middle of the ice, all the things we've been talking about, and not giving them time and space as much as, as we can and just take it away. That's five guys have got to work together. The four-check is a five-man unit. Neutral zone is a five-man unit. D-zone is a five-man unit. Getting the work is a five-some. That's a big, that's like, we'll just keep working on that. All right, Jets head coach Rick Bonus after last night's game. And, uh, you know, one more, we've talked a lot about, you know, the things that get us out of the seat and get people excited, uh, the goals, the power play, Ehlers, Connor. But this team and the success of this team over the course of the year will truly be defined by if they can be a better defensive hockey team. And, uh, this was Rick Bonus's thoughts on his club's defensive play at five on five last night. Yeah, I, five on five. There's a lot of good things. There's some things we got to tighten up. Um, some mistakes made with the puck that we can clean up. Uh, the, the six penalties we have to clean up for sure. That's just way too many again. All you're doing is putting their best players on the ice, uh, and it's the penalties and it's the timing of those penalties that we've got to clean that up. And we won't we won't be letting the opposition get so many shots on net. So those are things that we'll keep working on. But um, overall, it was you know. Five on five, we were pretty happy with. We did a lot of good things in terms of pressuring them and not letting them carry the puck in. Um, a couple of their rushes, we had control of the play. We we made the right decision on what to do. We just didn't execute it, so, which gave them the puck, and they got some chances off of that. But that happens. All right, Rick Bonus of the Winnipeg Jets last night after his club's 5 nothing win, talking about the improvements in the defensive play at 5 on 5. Now, the one part of the game that no one was picking apart was the goaltending performance of David Riddick. Here is Bones on Big Save Dave last night. 
Yeah, we saw him in the bubble a couple of years ago, and he was in Nashville last year, but Saros played all the time, so he didn't really get into a groove. Uh, he was outstanding tonight. It, it was the big saves he made, but also uh, the timely save at the right time. And that was huge for us tonight. So he was he was outstanding. All right, Rick Bonus on uh, Big Save Dave last night. Actually, Remo was quite funny. I was sitting beside a, uh, a friend that shares the seats beside me, uh, Brian Boyden. He was there with his little guy, Eddie, who I think is, I don't know, three or four. First game ever. And he was all excited. And he was he was holding the lineup card. And he was a big goalie fan. And he was a big fan of Connor Hellebuck. And we introduced him to Big Save Dave as Dave introduced himself to Jet fans last night. And I can tell you that uh, he made quite an impression on a young child in his first game. And he made a big impression, I think, on Winnipeg Jet fans. I mean, that was just a heck of a way to finish up the preseason for Riddick uh, in his new home in Winnipeg in a real prove-it year on a one-year deal. There was a lot of questions about the backup goaltending last year. Eric Comrie, you know, that was heading into the season. Eric Comrie answered them. And I think there were questions about Brossois uh, when he was signed. And then he answered them with his play and got a big contract in L in Vegas. Now Dave Riddick had a down year. Questions, okay, can he be the guy? But for a veteran goalie, min salary backup, uh, he was pretty good in the first preseason game. We'll see how, or the last preseason game they played. We'll see how it translates to the regular season. But they seem to have a history of bringing in these goalies where we're like, well, how is this guy the backup? And then being to, point, being to the point in the regular season where you're like, this guy needs to play more. And it was pretty clear, Eric Comrie needs to play a couple more games, take some of the load off Hellebuck. We will see how this uh, split shakes out in terms of uh, games played with Riddick and Hellebuck. And if Riddick keeps you know, stopping every shot he faces, then you'd like to think he's going to play some more games. No doubt. Hey, okay, listen, uh, we'll, uh, maybe we got a clip from uh, Ehlers and Connor, which we'll play a little bit later on, maybe before Brandon joins us. Uh, but we have to get this Daryl Sutter uh, quote from after the game. I mean, Sutter has been in, like, playoff form with his quotes throughout the preseason, throwing shade at Matthew Kachuk and Gagani Gaudreau. Uh, he had quite a bit of shade for his entire squad last night. He was not particularly pleased. Here's the... Head, uh, Calgary Flames head coach with uh, his thoughts on last night's 5 nothing loss here in the peg. Our power play sucked and theirs was really good. And our penalty count sucked too. <laughs> that was it. Is there a better quote in hockey than Daryl Sutter? And he seems to be firing out heaters for us pretty much every single time he gets to a microphone. Definitely here for it. Um, well, by the way, we'll also get to the uh, streaming experience. I was at the game. Uh, how did you feel about it? Not question of the day coming out of last night's game. In the chat, you can let us know what you thought about the streaming experience. Obviously, I didn't see it because I was there. Uh, but the question for you, and this gets back to a topic we'll get to with Scott right away. We've got the triple threat ladder match for the sixth spot on the blue line. Um, if you were looking at last night's game, was there any of the three of Billy Hanela, Logan Stanley, or Dylan Sandberg that stood out to you as far as really grabbing that spot? In the comments, the why not question of the day brought to you by our friends at Not Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery, and online at not.ca. All right, before we bring Billick in, Got to give a big shout out to the guys down at Consolidated Supply, our newest sponsor. It's great to have Spicy Joe and the guys on board with us. Uh, they've been huge in the golf industry for a long time. They are the club car dealers. So if you ever have needs when it comes to golf carts or want to get something tricked out or specially made, 
Consolidated Supply is the place to do it. And alongside golf, I mean incredible DIY irrigation systems for your property or artificial turf if you're done with taking care of the lawn or, or you want to build that dream putting green. Our pal Joe down at the branch will take care of you. And hey, if you're thinking about working on or making some big improvements to that backyard, hot tubs, outdoor kitchens, high-end barbecues, Consolidated Supply has it all. Find out more online at cte.ca or pop down and see the fellas at 1395 Niagara Road East, 204-470-3832 if you want to hit them up on the horn. Uh, Vita Health Fresh Market ready for Thanksgiving weekend. If you want great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, including Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, pop by and shop at one of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores or, of course, online at myvita.ca. With the kids back in school, Vita Health is also your spot for great school-friendly snacks and lunch items, as well as great immunity products like vitamin C and D, and, of course, delicious lunch options at their grab-and-go deli, featuring Vita Market salad, soup, sandwiches, and more. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. And I got to give a big shout out to uh, my guys, Gord and Nathan over at Wallace and Wallace. Got a great tour of the operation yesterday, seeing all they've done. The, the, the fencing options at Wallace and Wallace blew me away. I mean, I already knew that they were the leaders in the industry for decades, but all the different types of fences that they have and the different, um, you know, industries that they work with really blew me away. But when it comes to garage doors, that's what's really keeping them busy right now. And listen, you still have time before the snow flies to get a new garage door built and delivered and installed in about four weeks. And of course, they work with Clopay, the largest garage door manufacturer in the world. They've got so many options for you, 161 different styles to choose from. And it, even if you don't need a new one, Wallace and Wallace are the experts when it comes to garage door maintenance and repair Whatever your needs are, they've got you covered. Pop down and see them at their showroom on Lawson Road. Find out more at wallacedoors.com or give them a call. Big thanks to Wallace and Wallace and working on some exciting stuff and an exciting new program with Wallace and Wallace, which we'll tell you about in the coming weeks. All right, let's get Scotty Billick in here to uh, chop it up and talk Jets. Billick, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. You know, listen, we, we were all over the Jets, and we will get to the Jets. Um, but just before we kind of get down that rabbit hole, which probably will take up the majority of our conversation, we had spoken in the past about what was happening with Hockey Canada. And the last couple of days coming out of Andrea Skinner's uh, uh, appearance in that hearing on Tuesday has been, in some ways, in my opinion, a reckoning that was essentially bound to happen. And I think the writing was already on the wall. Uh, but when you look at the news ticker over the course of the last 24 hours, Tim Hortons, out. Canadian Tire, out. Scotiabank, TELUS, all removing their sponsorship dollars from Hockey Canada. Some moving their money to Sheldon Kennedy's respect group. Others committing that they'll still support the women's programs and the sledge hockey programs. Um, to me, Scott, I mean, they can be as, you know, um, defiant as they wanted yeah. for a while. But this is finally when the rubber's hitting the road. Because uh, without the incredible engine that is sponsorship for Hockey Canada, 
um, this organization almost ceases to exist. I mean, what's been your take on what we've heard and seen happen over the last 48 hours? Yeah, I don't think a better thing could have happened in this situation than Andrea Skinner going up there and looking like a complete idiot in front of, you know, the members of parliament in the in the committee there, right? She was so bad that, you know, it's led to the sponsors pulling out of things. I mean, like, you know, it, it, it's sort of sad when you kind of think about it because it's almost like the situation itself, the, 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 the sexual alleg- abuse allegations, all that stuff weren't enough for, for, for some people, even the sponsors in the end, to kind of do it. It was Andrea Skinner basically getting up there and sewering herself, which is exactly what she did in that in that in that meeting uh, uh, earlier this week, and and yeah, and, you know now you get it to a point where like you're 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 really going to hit hockey Canada where it hurts, and there's no and that's the sad part about it is that it's the money, not the actual allegations or the you know the systemic problems within hockey Canada that's kind of led to this to that's led to a couple of funds created to kind of pay off these allegations and make them go away, sweep them under the rug, that sort of thing. But, hey, at least we're here now, and they're going to start having to deal with it. The leadership group cannot survive losing your biggest sponsors. You know, like that's the biggest thing. You can't lose Tim Hortons and TELUS and, and Canadian Tire, which is pulled out completely. Let's not forget that they, they're the ones that have pulled out absolutely completely. Not a pause. There's none of this. And they're the one of the biggest international sponsors of Hockey Canada. Um, so, you know, as much as it, it's annoying that it's had to get to this point for Hockey Canada and, 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 and probably, you know, essentially their management and the board and all that eventually to kind of get to this point, I, I suppose it's better late than never, right? I mean, that's the kind of the, the double-edged sword of this that, that, that kind of sucks is that it's had to take this long and all that, but... You know, the leadership group just can't survive this sort of thing. You're losing the only thing, you know, the only thing that keeps you kind of going other than, you know, uh, federal funding, which is also on pause right now. So if you're not getting that and, 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 and you know, credit, full credit to most of these, I think all of them have either said they'll still uh, support Paralympic hockey, women's hockey. You know, those shouldn't be touched. There's no issues with those. And, and they need to prop up those as well. Um and and full credit Canadian Tire too for for the Sheldon uh, Kennedy stuff, you know, moving some of the funds into that sort of thing. That's a big deal. Um, but yeah, like you know, a day of reckoning, perhaps a week of reckoning. You know, every time that Hockey Canada gets up in front of somebody to speak about this, they put their foot and then their other foot in their mouth. Right? It's both feet in mouth when they do it. I mean, Andrea Skinner even said uh, one of the quotes that she was quoted as saying was. You know, I hadn't had a lot of time to prepare for this. What do you mean? Like, this is your big, like, this is what's going to make or break, you know, how this, how Hockey Canada kind of comes out of this. And, you know, you had Justin Trudeau today talking about creating something called Canada Hockey instead, just essentially saying you got to burn it to the ground and then re, you know. Then, well, then I guess that's my it, question right? for you, Scott. I mean, yeah, like if we, if we fast forward 365 days and have this conversation on August yeah. 6th of 2023, what does the national governing body of hockey in this country look like? Um, yeah. Does Hockey Canada still exist? I, I can't help but think. And again, I say this as someone that worked there, has a, it, it, a great knowledge of how things work. This was essentially like a professional team. I mean, everything about it, the sponsorship dollars, the way that it was run, was like 
Canada's eighth professional team. Yeah. And going forward, um, I think the, the priority, first and foremost, will be make sure that all of these other programs, but I mean, there are thousands and thousands of people that are playing the game that will be affected by this. And I mean, hockey is not going to stop. It's the rinks no. are still going to be on. The lights will still lights be on will at be the rinks. <laughs> um, but I really do wonder about the future of the World Junior Program and the future of the World Junior Tournament, because let's face it, this is a Canadian-made event. Um, yep. You know, the under-18s don't get that same sort of thing. And the one major sponsor and partner of Hockey Canada that has not really said anything right now is, of course, TSN. And TSN is yeah. a national partner of Hockey Canada. has been a huge part of everything that they've done. They, Many people, myself included, almost give TSN the credit for turning the World Juniors into what it is. And um, sure. I'm going to be fascinated to see what this event in Halifax looks like um, and obviously what happens to this national governing body as well as all the provincial levels right now, which I'm sure at some point have been somewhat supporting the what they've been told are happening, but it hasn't really happened, and now we're seeing the rubber hit the road. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, 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 you know, to pick up on that TSM point, I thought it was kind of, kind of telling during the, the the summer one where they didn't really say much about it either. And you know, that, that's the part that bothers me too a little bit is that like to, to get change, like it's got to be a collective effort. And so when you see a bunch of sponsors pulling out. I know TSN, this is their cash cow right now, right? They don't have the NHL uh, stuff. They don't have the Blue Jays. You know, it, it, they have some regional NHL stuff, obviously. But, like, you know, the World Juniors is their thing. They make it as big as you said it was, um, you know, all that stuff. But, like, at what point do you just have to take a stand? You know, like, you don't want to be the ones looking, at, you know, on the wrong side of history here. And I think, you know, for for part of this, TSN has kind of looked like that, right? It's like... You know, if they lose that, well, whatever. I mean, you know, is Sportsnet going to just, you know, slide right in and take over, you know, the stuff w w with the climate that we're in? I, I don't know. I mean, at least, it, it, you know, threaten not to broadcast the games if something doesn't. Like, I mean, we're at a point now that change is probably going to happen. Like, I, again, I don't think you can deny the events of this week and especially the sponsors pulling out and say, well, we're just going to stay the course if you're, if you're Hockey Canada. I mean, everybody's essentially calling for the same thing. Everybody outside of Hockey Canada is pulling in the same direction here. Change needs to happen. So, I mean, what, what, what would I don't think it would be a problem for TSN to threaten that we're not going to broadcast the games. I mean, I don't know what legal ramifications. I'm not a lawyer. I, you know, I know there's all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I mean, you got to stand for something here. And TSN's kind of walked the rope. And I don't know. I just I, I don't like it. But to answer your question about what it looks like in a year, you know, to, you know, ideally, I hope it looks like guys like Greg Yahui and, and and Sheldon Kennedy are on that on that board, and and there's there, there's real people, you know, women on the board that that are you know looking at this, and 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 people that that deal, um, you know, you know, like professionals with sexual abuse and that sort of thing. Like the board is made up of more than just you know hockey minds and that sort of thing, but it, it's made up of people that that will ensure that this doesn't happen again and it doesn't keep happening, and and that hockey culture does indeed change like I, I think that's the that's what well i mean that's what i hope it looks like because i don't think i don't think you're going to ruin the world junior program or canada's place in hockey i don't think that has to happen but the longer you drag this out and, and that sort of thing maybe it does it's just a distraction right i mean and and you don't want to stop kind of the momentum of it and and and, and the canadian program because there's a lot of 
you know, innocent kids in this too. I mean, let, let's not forget, like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people that are affected, like you said, I mean, that, that don't need to be affected by this, but like it, this change just has to happen. It's got to come and then they got to figure out kind of, you know, what it's going to look like from there, but it, it has to have safeguards this time. It can't just be, you know, what it has been. There's got to be oversight from somebody other than Hockey Canada. So you can't have these funds that are just kind of secretive and, 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 and all that stuff. It, it's got to be, a very transparent organization going forward. And I think, you know, it, it's not what it should look like, it, what it has to kind of look like, I think, in the end. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I mean, you know, when we're talking about the the games being broadcast, I mean, the biggest reason for the broadcast, I mean, there's a lot of people watching, sure. but they created a product that all the sponsors wanted to be involved in, and that's why they were getting the millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, there's nobody watching the sledge hockey broadcast there's very little international women's hockey and although that has really improved and it's gotten bigger i mean unless it's canada usa um that's what these sponsors were paying for right now and you know if they don't want to be involved in it anymore even in an event that'll be here in canada in halifax um it, it will force change um, yep. whether it's who's running it or as Trudeau mentioned today, potentially an entirely new governing body for the sport in the country. Scott Billick's with us from the Winnipeg sun. If you have comments on hockey Canada, hit us up in the comments. Always enjoy hearing feedback from you folks here on Winnipeg sports talk. And again, if you're listening to the podcast, you can tweet at us at sports talk WPG or get to the YouTube channel and in, uh, in the comments after the fact, let us know your thoughts on it. Um, Back to the Jets, though. Yeah. Interesting game last night. First off, it was wild seeing Huberto uh, wearing number 10, Nazem Kadri wearing number 91. And um, overall, I mean, I can't talk about that game without talking about the brilliant play of Big Save Dave. I mean, he really was the star last night. Uh, But for all the talk about Brad Lambert and the excitement of the young players going in, it was the big boys up front in that new look top line featuring Nikolai Ehlers, Connor, and Shifley that really had an impact last night. And Sam Gagne, Remo yeah. called him the new Wellwood. And uh, <laughs> he had some serious, serious hands. Great play on the power play. A lot to like about last night's 5 nothing win from a Winnipeg side of things. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I mean, I, I get that it's preseason, and I, you know, I understand that. But I mean, if you look at, I mean, you you showed Daryl Sutter's comments earlier. I don't think Calgary <laughs> came into that game, you know, thinking, "Oh, this is just a preseason one-off that doesn't matter." They brought their full roster, expecting a lot better than they got last night, and and you know, they got trampled by the Jets, especially in that second period. I, you know, I thought the first period was a little bit even. Um, but that second period, you know, the Jets just got on a roll. The two quick, two quick power play goals um, back to back with uh, with Shifley or with Connor and Shifley. Um, obviously, yeah, Sam Gagne. I mean, what what a display last night. I mean, here's a guy that you can you know you know easily see on the power play. Uh, just just the vision. I mean, and what, what, look the filthy goal to Connor. The give and oh. go. The the backhanded sauce that was just enough off the ice to make the stick. Um, but before that, he was feeding it out front to Shifley, who got a couple whacks at it too. Uh, you know, don't forget that either. I mean, Sam Gagne w- w- had his fingerprints kind of all over that 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 power play, and and so um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting to see what Sam Gagne can do on the fourth line because I think that fourth line's a bit of a lock at this point. Um, that's what you're going to see. Um, but if he's you know kind of a weapon on the power play, I mean, all 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 the better, all the power to the Jets on that because I think it works really well and. Let's not forget, Sam Gagne is a former first-round pick. I mean, he knows how to play hockey. He's just been 
you know, he hasn't had that kind of career that, that, I mean, a lot of people would have thought back in 20, I think it was 2007 when he was drafted, but, uh, um, but yeah, you know, I thought it was a really good game, as you said, for the vets, um, uh, it, it, different game for, 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 for the youth. Um, you know, I think you kind of, Brad Lambert got found out a little bit there. Um, you know, he wasn't able to turn the corner. I remember him going up against Noah Hannafin and Noah Hannafin was like, no, no, you know, this isn't kind of how it works. And uh, so he wasn't able to kind of do those things that he had done, you know, previously against, you know, junior and AHL players in some of the other games. Um, you know, that, uh, you know, also kind of be expected, right? This is Brad Lambert's first game against NHL competition, and he's going to have to figure that out, right? But, you know, you listen to Rick Bonus after, and you played the clip, the doobie, the, the, the wheels, uh, you know, that, that are going to be back on that line, and the cements, you know, in my mind now. You know, I was just as hopeful as others, you know, that, that maybe Lambert would see maybe you know, maybe up to nine games once he signs an ELC. Um, you know, that hasn't happened yet. Um, obviously, with ELC, it doesn't seem like it'll happen. But I think Brand Lambert has come in. And, you know, I think that maybe the biggest thing for the Jets is they got maybe a top 10 pick at 30th, right? Um, you know, a lot of people said prior to last, last season, going into like the preseason draft rankings, that Brian Lambert was two or three in the draft, right? Even 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 before, I mean, he obviously had a tough season in Liga, and it was different at the World Juniors because he was asked to play kind of a grinding role instead of that role that he played, um, you know, even with the Jets in training camp, where it was very offensive and that sort of thing. So I think the future is bright for Brad Lambert, and if, you know, I don't think I don't think sending him back to junior is is the right call anymore. Uh, um, you know, I barely kind of thought it was to begin with, just kind of based on his skill set. Um, he would dominate junior, and I don't think the confidence is an issue. I think, I, again, I think you you saw that confidence wasn't an issue for Brad Lambert. I think he'll he'll do well with the Moose, and and possibly could be back up. Who knows if he can learn this game um, a little different in the NHL? I mean, he may be back up. Well, I, I listen. Then, I'm yeah, totally he, with you on that, Scott. And, and and you know, listen. There's a couple of options. I mean, let's say you know you are assuming he's going to play the majority of the season in the American Hockey League. Yeah, I think it makes all the sense in the world to start him there, to give him a few months to, yeah. you know, get his feet under him in the North American style of game, playing in a very, very good league against guys that are on the bubble of the National Hockey League and be there later on if need be. I mean, I could see a call up and listen, if there's injuries like yep. a Cole Perfetti or one of the, somebody in the top six. I think he might be a guy that's shown enough that he could come in in spot duty and give an opportunity. And I think that he'll be a more advanced player in a month, in two months, in three months. And don't rule out Brad Lambert getting some NHL time. I think, though, it makes more sense to maybe have that later on in the season. And, heck, if he can have a great year and really prepare himself, maybe he's an option come playoff time if the team can get to that point. There's a lot of ifs and a lot of games and a lot of sure. time in between, but it yep. really does seem like that's the most logical route that's best for the organization and I think will certainly be best for the player. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, that's full credit. I mean, Brad Lambert can feel good about his training camp, right? If he goes to the AHL, because I think a lot of people thought he would be with the Seattle this year, right? Bad year in Liga, didn't have a good World Juniors, as I said earlier. I think a lot of people thought he'd be going junior. In that. And I, I don't think Brad Lambert wanted that. And I'm wondering one of the possible reasons why he hadn't signed yet was, you know, I mean, maybe he wanted to go back to Finland instead of playing, in, you know, junior here and, and figure that's a better route. We saw that with Vili Hainala before, um, you know, it, it's just kind of one of those things where, 
you know, if, you're, if they're not, and well, Billy was, yeah, either way. I, part of it, though, to me is just, you know, I, I think that Brad Lambert has, has acquitted himself well with the Jets, and he deserves to play in the AHL and then see where it goes. And, and you know, I think that's, I think that's, yeah, I think you're exactly bang on with that. Um, you know, I think it's a little murky, and we'll probably talk a little bit about the D here. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still unsure. I'm on the fence with this whole thing because nobody's really stood out. I mean, you know, I, I again, people are going to look at the the mistakes from Billy Hanel last night, some of the some of the giveaways and, and that sort of thing. But I also thought he fed Adam Lowry a sure goal, and Lowry just kind of ricocheted off his off his skate, and, and that was it. Was it was it too crispy of a pass? I don't know. I mean, you know, that that's a that's a NHL pass from from Hanel in front there. You know, set up from uh, Brad Lambert, we should say, on that to get it to Hanela. But uh, I think they're going to go with Sandberg and Pionk. I mean, I just kind of the gut feeling that I get. I think Kovacevic and Stanley are going to be, uh, yeah, there you go. You kind of have it there on the on the screen. I, you know, it's just to me, I think they don't want to lose Kovacevic or Stanley on waivers. So they're the two defensemen that are kind of the scratches to start. I don't think that uh, Jansen Harkins has done enough to win the job. And I think the fact that Morgan Barron's going to play again tomorrow night, uh, according to uh, Rick Bonus, is good for Morgan Barron's uh, chances of possibly playing on that third line um, with, with, with Lowry and Appleton. Um, you know, Dominic Tonato, what a head fake last night, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, was, that was a hell of a goal. Uh, what a head fake. Um, but again, you know, I, I'm just wondering if, you know, d- does Morgan Barron bring more than Dominic Tonin out? Again, like I said, I think that fourth line is sewn up. I think Man- Manalainen had another, you know, decent game last night. I, I-, I thought, you know, I- even him kind of almost dropping the gloves with Nikita Sizorov is something that they'll want to see from a fourth line guy like that. You know, you know, not afraid to kind of you know, be physical and, and kind of stick up for teammates. Well, and, and speaking of, of that, there, so. I, listen, and I'm yeah. not a big fighting guy. And I mean, it's not sure. a huge part of the game right now, but I think we did see, um, you know, the jets in that third period essentially get sort of pushed around by a pissed off flames team. And yeah. you never want to see a star player like Shifley take one in the chops from, you know, a guy like Zadarov. Yeah. And I'll say this, I, I couldn't help but think that was a real missed opportunity for Logan Stanley to yeah. maybe go in and, and show, because I mean, you're looking around on the ice and a bunch of those things happen. You got Perfetti on the ice and Brad Lambert. And yeah, yeah, needless yeah. to say, that's not what you want to see happen. Um, and I was sort of thinking that, you know, maybe somebody, i.e. Stan, who I think could help his case immensely by showing the new coaching staff he was there, and and that wasn't the case. Although I didn't think he had a bad game last night, but I'm with you. I mean, as I said, we've been describing it as the triple threat ladder match. No one got to the top of the ladder and grabbed the contract (laughs) off the pole right now, and it still is somewhat. I'm actually sort of leaning Villy right now, and I still think, I I guess it depends on if if they like, and I do think some of the guys up front, you know, are capable of doing more PK. Um, because I think the penalty killing role will be important for one of those players. But to be honest with what he adds on, you know, offensively, um, the thing is he's just got to keep some of those mistakes to a minimum. I know he's been spending a bit of time in the penalty box. There's been a few pizzas and that's a tough thing to get over when you're trying to crack a roster and show that you belong and you can play consistently. But, uh, to me, everything's still on the table going into this final game and it will be very interested. And if it was all being the same, if everybody was waiver exempt, I think Billy's certainly there. It might give him the luxury of sort of seeing things, how things work out over the course of the, uh, 
the next week or so, well, the first month or so of the season. And no guarantee everyone's going to be healthy. In fact, highly likely that won't be the case. So I think we will be seeing a lot of Billy Hainala this week. Hey, just before we run, because we've got Brandon Rewicki yep. warming up the rubber arm in the bullpen. What uh, what do you have coming up over the next few days? Uh, will you be out in Banff uh, lurking? Oh, around yeah. seeing what's going on. <laughs> oh yeah. What do you do? There's a bunch of team activities. Like what are you guys going to be doing? Practice media only. activities? Yeah, practice. Yeah, media activities. Yeah, in quotation marks. There's a few baseball games that hopefully we'll get to kind of watch you. Obviously, I'm not the biggest Jays fan in the world as you can tell by my hat, but uh should be a good series anyways and anybody who's going to go up against uh, the Yankees eventually if if the Blue Jays get there I'm hoping that uh, that whoever the best team is will beat the Yankees down so no but otherwise yeah we're going to Banff uh, Calgary tomorrow night for the final game uh which inexplicably is not being broadcasted again I, I think it's on the the stream or whatever again which uh yeah, yeah get the internet man it's yeah, available yeah, exactly yeah watch yeah yeah um but yeah so yeah in Banff uh, should be good there's three practices out there and probably see you know a lot more of what the team is wanting to do i, I know they talked about uh, rick bonus last night about power play and, and special teams and working on that so kind of getting really into the nitty-gritty and uh i believe bonus also said yesterday gonna be some scrimmage work done out there too so it should be some interesting interesting times out in banff and uh yeah hopefully some uh some good extracurriculars among the the three of us in the media that are also going. So we'll look forward from your uh, from your reports from uh, from Bam. Thanks <laughs> sure. for doing this, Scotty. Always great to have you on the program. We'll catch up next week heading into the home opener. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it, House. Thanks. All right, good stuff. Brandon Wiki Skates and Plates coming up. Just before we do that, uh, again, not Autocorp. Question of the day. Uh, who stood out? We've got this three-way battle for the defensive spot. Let us know in the comments what you thought of last night's game and who your pick is. Of course, not Autocorp. They've been the Tesla leaders in Winnipeg for well over a decade and right now have, I believe, upwards of 30 Teslas on the lot. Um, If you've been thinking about moving to an electric vehicle but would like to learn more about the technology and how things work as opposed to your traditional vehicle, the experts at Not Auto Corp can help you do exactly that with their Tesla Experience program. Um, my guy Dre sent over some great picks of the week. Um, 2019 Volvo XC60 R design, a 2018 Audi Q5 Technic Quattro, a 2017 Jaguar F Pace, just a few of the amazing vehicles available at Not Auto Corp. Pop down and see them at Waverly and McGillivray. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Find out more online on Not and the Winnipeg Car Lab at Not. .ca. Well, we might have to hold off on those Brad Lambert jerseys for a little bit, but um, certainly a lot of excitement going into next week's home opener and no better place to get ready for both your Jets opener and the Bombers push for another great cup than Royal Sports over at 750 Pembina Highway. They've been the merchandise leaders in town for years in Winnipeg and have the best selection maybe anywhere of merchandise from all the major sports leagues, including the Blue Jays now getting ready for postseason baseball starting tomorrow. And of course, Canada soccer heading to the World Cup next month. Find out more. And in addition, with hockey season starting, you know, for 40 years, Royal Sports has been the hockey superstore with the best selection of equipment, gear, right down to skate sharpening by the experts. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And of course, on on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. Make sure to follow them for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Tomorrow's the day. 
Remo and I get the show off the new duds because it's suit day on Friday from our friends at F Apparel. I can't wait to show it off, folks. Some neat features of my suit. And uh, listen, the entire process going down and getting a custom suit starting at $400 at F Apparel was an absolute breeze. Andrew and his great staff took me through, showed me the different styles I could choose from, different fabrics, colors, got that set up, got measured up. And then a few weeks later, had a great suit, picked up a few accessories, which they have it all. And uh, easy peasy done and now looking great, wrist in time for the change of the seasons, and heading into the holidays. And, of course, if you've got a wedding coming up, talk to the guys about a 15% discount for all the squad when you get your suits for the wedding at F Apparel. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street, downtown, and online at F. That's E-P-H-Apparel.com. All right, let's get uh, to it and welcome in our guy, Brandon Rewicki from Skates and Plates. Lots to chop up after last night's 5-0 win over Calgary. Heading into the final preseason game and a little team building out in Banff. B, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. How's it going? Uh, good. You know what? I, I was saying yesterday, I was really fine. Usually, I'm not huge on preseason hockey. But I don't know whether it is just a new sheriff in town with Rick Bonus. So many interesting things around the club. Things that, you know, we were expecting and hoping to be different as well as some young players sort of emerging on the scene, this has been maybe the most interesting preseason I can remember in a long time for the Winnipeg Jets and people that follow the club. Sure. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I think maybe the, the biggest thing would be the bonus positivity boost, and maybe that's permeating throughout you know the, the dressing room of the fan base right now. Um, you know, watching last night's game, Kind of tune into Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power by midway through the second period point. Like I, I don't know. It's just oh, pretty- you missed out then. You yeah. missed out the big save. Dave show the the triple threat ladder match contract on a pole between Billy Hanela, Dylan Sandberg, and Logan Stanley. And of course, I'll say this: that top line. Um, you know, we saw glimpses of why these players are. Um, you know, we've wanted to see this happen for a while, and. What Nikolai Ehlers, but I'll tell you what, the guy that maybe stood out the most that was unexpected was Sam Gagne and what he yeah. was able to do on the power play. I mean, that dish to Kyle Connor and the move that he made, I believe it was on Rasmus Anderson to get that puck to Kyle Connor in a place where he's scoring 99 times out of 100 was interesting. And that's a wrinkle that might give Brad Lauer some real options when it comes to personnel and maybe even a more potent second power play unit, depending on where they put Sam Gagne amongst those two uh, two units. You know, it's always been funny to me how throughout essentially hockey history, the fourth line and the third defense pair are basically primarily used for penalty killers. Like that's kind of where I, you know, they'll play a little bit five on five, but that's where we stash away our PK specialists. But nobody's really ever thought to do that with the power play, which is just as if, I mean, maybe more important in some cases, especially with the talent the Jets have. And I mean, Sam Gagne made it look like it was 2006 again last night. He was, he was a ton <laughs> of fun to watch. And I, I love watching guys like him play because they, they make really difficult plays and passes look super easy. Like you almost like, hey, we could slot anybody in there and they'll pass. But but he's he's got a really good knack of of both, you know, finding the seams, but then delivering, especially when it's a saucer pass, you know, through a couple sticks, maybe in between some skates, and then right onto the tape of 
either an Ehlers or a Shifley or a Connor, right? Like the, all, all those guys need is some service in and around them. And the puck is more than likely not to end up at the back of the net. So it, it's something that I've always thought about for a while. And we just, we haven't really gotten to see a ton of it because Gagne's played such limited time this preseason. But yeah, talk about uh, staking your claim to a roster spot pretty quickly there. He's not going to kill penalties. There's there's no doubt about that. But man, he, I don't, I don't even know if, PP2. I, I think he can be a serious, serious weapon on the first power play. Well, the funny thing is, I mean, and, and who knows, maybe this was a bit of an eye-opener yesterday. I mean, but I mean, I think we all expected that Dubois would be kind of that fifth guy. He wasn't in the lineup yesterday. We've seen Wheeler already on that second unit. I mean, there's a good chance Dubois and Wheeler are going to be playing together for the majority of the time as a line. You know, if all of a sudden Gagne fits in well and can be productive on that first power play unit, he's not going to be playing anywhere close to the ice time as the guys, the rest of the players on there. So you would think that he'll usually be ready and available for it. Um, It might make that second power play unit that I think people were wondering how it would look um, even more powerful if Gagne can find a home there. Either way, I think we're going to see Gagne have an impact on one of those two power play units when the season gets going next Friday. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to go with it too, right? Like, I mean, w- what's the worst case scenario? He runs the second power play from the half wall and you kind of let him. I mean, and at that point too, depending on where the Jets want to put Wheeler on, on the second power play unit, you could potentially have, you know, two high end elite power play playmakers on each side of the wall there and, and make things really difficult for the opposition when the second power play unit gets out there. So yeah, pretty, pretty damn impressive performance for Mr. Gagne. And and even too, look, he's not going to be the five on five player. He was early on in his career, but he's going to give guys like David Gustafson guys like Saku Manalainen, maybe a a Harkins and a Toninato, depending on injury and stuff like that. He's going to give them a a few more opportunities offensively as well, where, you, you know, you put your stick down, in front of the net there, and you might get yourself a tap. And I'm kind of intrigued, too, to see, just just because we know specifically with David Gustafson how how solid defensively he is as a youngster, wouldn't mind seeing Gagne try to uh, untap some of the offensive potential that the second-round pick has. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think this fourth line looks so different than most of the fourth lines we've seen in the past. I guess here's the question. Is Morgan Barron, do you think he gets game one playing with Appleton and Lowry? And if that's the case, let's just assume that Dominic Toninato is a 13th forward. Um, Harkins or Manalainen on line number four? Has Manalainen done enough to make that opening day roster? And where does that leave Harkins if the answer is yes? On waivers, right? I, I mean, it's... <laughs> The tough battle, and and he was kind of on the bubble coming in. I mean, maybe you could say had a slight chance at the third line left wing spot, but if you're going strictly off what we saw in preseason here, it's I I think it's a unanimous decision, is it not? That that Menelainen, while he hasn't you know lit the score sheet on fire or anything like that, he's been much more impactful than than Jansen Harkins has given the same minutes. So I, I think it's for for me a pretty easy decision here for the Jets. I think. You know, Morgan Barron with what he had shown last year as well, you know, in the last dozen or so games with the Jets that he earned a chance to be. I, I, I like him on the third line. I think that's a nice spot for him there with with Larry and Appleton. And I think, you know, being a quote unquote checking line, there's not as much of a concern with how his offensive game is going to turn out. But I think he brings more offensive punch than Jansen Harkins would. And then, yeah, at that point, to me, Menelainen kind of checks off all the boxes you want from a fourth liner, right? Like he's 
the big ass dude. He can go out there and be physical. He's got a bit of a scoring touch, or or at least he's got some some offensive skills to potentially pot a couple. You know, there there was a lot of hope for Jansen Harkins two three years ago after having a couple good seasons with the Moose. And if you look at his 100 or so games at the NHL level, you know he just he hasn't popped off enough at either end of the ice. Offensively, it hasn't it hasn't worked out for him so far, and and he's been a bit of a a net negative for the team in his game so far. So it's unfortunate, but if you look at the guys that are ahead of them that you mentioned there, Baron, Menelainen, and Dominic Toninato, I think you got to go with those three, and and you run the risk of losing Jansen Harkins on waivers. Hey, uh, by the way, well over 450 in chat right now. Uh, folks, if you haven't already, make sure you've hit that red subscribe button and subscribe to the channel. It's completely free. Helps us grow the channel. And if you're unable to see the show when it's live, pop into YouTube and the freshest WST content will be there. And of course, you can also download the audio podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just search Winnipeg Sports Talk and hit that subscribe button. Um We've got a poll, by the way. Remus is throwing a poll up in the chat right now, which essentially has been a huge topic of conversation in this battle for the sixth spot. Who will be in that opening day lineup? Dylan Sandberg, Logan Stanley, Billy Hanela. Based on what we've seen so far, Brandon, uh, how are you answering the WST poll? Who's getting that spot? Yeah, it's the only it's the only thing anybody's been talking about for three ever since the. The captaincy thing, it, that's been the main focus, right? And Well, then we talked about Brad Lambert nonstop for four days, but yeah. now we're back to, okay, who's playing defense in game number one? Good call by me, you know, not to not to brag or anything. but Not I to did Barry say, Horowitz yeah, yourself. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, you know, I did say keep an eye out on the kid. Um, it's, it's funny because to me, I think I look at this decision as who lost it the least. Because unfortunately, nobody went out there and grabbed it, right? Like it's it's not the same as you see Menelainen or even Lambert through his first, you know, like a bit of an off one for him last night. But before that, popping off the page, making a ton of positive plays. I, I think for me, I, I would give the edge to Dylan Sandberg. And it's not overly based on much he did in the preseason. I, I think I'll put more stock into the fact that he he performed really well playing beside Neil Pionk on a second pair role for the Jets in, you know, 15 or so games last year. I, I think that gives him the edge. But honestly, it's 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 not because of what he did during the exhibition schedule. It's so tough with Villy because I, I think he had the biggest highs of any defenseman that was on the bubble. I think power play, you know, we talked about Sam Gagne, I think on the power play. Now that that's his best chance at staking a spot inside the top six is that he would legitimately be a spark plug on the second power play. You know, he's he's fantastic. You can just tell he, he could step in right now and on most teams in the league run the second power play unit. He's really really strong there. But there's 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 a lot of valleys as well with the highs, and that's that's the tough part there. Like I like there's part of me that wants to say give it to Hanela, and you just you deal with the bumps. You, you deal with some of the growing pains because you know that the potential is a little bit higher. But at the same point, I can understand a coaching staff looking at that and going, if it's pretty close between him and Sandberg and, and maybe Sandberg's a little more steady and, and less error prone, why they might lean towards a guy that can maybe provide a more all around game and then chip in on the penalty kill as well. Um, but I, I would probably lean 54 for me. I, I think, 
I think Sandberg and Hainella clearly have a much higher ceiling than what Logan Stanley is able to bring for you inside that top six. And I just, I, I, I wish there would have been a little less negativity in terms of some of the mistakes from Hainala's side of the game, but he's close. And you know, honestly, it's, it's too bad that there's not a couple of spots open because I, I think, I think it would be great for Sandberg and Hainala to play together as this team's third pair and, and just kind of, you know, what you can give them sheltered minutes. They don't have to face tough as the toughest competition and you deal with their growing pains, but you do it together. You allow them to develop beside each other. And then maybe that's a pair that could blossom into a second unit for you. It's just tough that, you know, with with neither one of them playing at their absolute peak, that I can understand why management wouldn't move out a veteran defenseman to give them both a shot. We're going to see that pairing at some point playing regularly in the National Hockey League. When that comes, I guess, remains to be seen. Hey, we've got a little bit of breaking news. Um, the Jets have just put out a release um, regarding Mikhail Burden. And I'm just going to read it for you. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets announced today that goaltender Michael Burden, per the advice and recommendation of the NHL-NHLPA Substance Abuse and Behavioral Health Program, will not remain with the club for the 22-23 NHL season. The rights of the club and player will be consistent with the treatment of a suspended player, so he will not be paid by the club and his salary will not count against the salary cap. As part of an agreement between the club, NHLPA, NHL, and player, Burden will be permitted to sign a one-year contract to play outside of North America for the 2022-23 season. Um, that's a weird release. I mean, that. I, 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 listen, I'm just reading this like you are and hearing it for the first time. Um, I cannot remember... A release like that, we knew it was sort of a weird situation with Burden, where he was fitting in, what his future was. And I said on this show, especially considering what's happened in Russia right now, I'll believe it when I see Burden here in North America. Well, he showed up. He was there in camp. Um, and then he was away from the team for a little bit. I mean, uh, what do you make of this, Brandon? I mean, I guess in all likelihood, I think the bottom, the long and short of it is we've seen the end of Mikhail Burden in Winnipeg with the Winnipeg Jets, but an interesting arrangement and very interesting wording as far as how this has come to be and essentially allowing him to, uh, to go back. But once you add in the behavioral health and the substance abuse program, it almost gives you more questions than answers yeah. other than knowing what his immediate future is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess my only take on it is I, I hope he's okay. <laughs> like I hope I hope he's doing all right. Other, there's just no information. All 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 camp long, there's been nothing other than he's just essentially going to be away from the team for some time here. So, yeah, I I, I don't really I can't, I can't really give you a substantive breakdown of of what's going on there. But you just like you said, you see the words substance substance abuse and behavioral health and all that, and just just hope hope the kid's doing all right. And um, I mean, I, I guess in terms of the organizational outlook on this, you know, a bit of a positive and that Arvid Holm comes over here and he showed himself pretty well in, in his brief action during during the exhibition slate here. So he's going to get a ton of playing time down there with the Moose. But yeah, just hoping for the best for for Mikhail Burden. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I I had expected that Burden probably would be finding they would find somewhere else for him to play this year. I mean, uh, I know there's some people saying, oh, that's another prospect lost. I mean, hey, listen, the guy's been in the system for a long time. He's super fun to watch. And I mean, when he goes out of his net, it's must see TV. The problem was last year, 
He didn't stop enough pucks. And I don't think that there was the confidence that he was going to be the next one. And with limited playing time and opportunity to develop these young goaltenders, um, Scary Salmonen, the Finn, and Arvid Holmes seem to be the guys that the Winnipeg Jets are investing in. I expected them to be the Moose guys, but um, just an unfortunate end for Mikhail Burden based on what we've uh, what we've just learned. Brandon Rewicki of Skates and Plates with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, Brandon, big picture, and we're going to talk to Pierre-Luc Dubois about this in a couple minutes about you know the structural change. Um, what when you look at the Winnipeg Jets, just for instance, last game, now that they have a more regular roster, um, what have you seen that stands out different from the way that this team played under Paul Maurice and in the second half of last season under Dave Lowry? Yeah, I, I think specifically, I, I wanted to wait until the past game against Calgary because it's, look, especially for the veterans, they don't they don't give a number two about the first handful of preseason games. It's really last night's and then the final one where it's like, okay, we've got to ramp it up here and get ready for the regular season. Honestly, what stood out to be the most of the Calgary game was that Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor were back checking their asses off. That's what stood out to me. And I was oh, blown and- away by some of the effort that, that Shifley, Shifley skated harder in that game against Calgary than he did all of last regular season. Well, you know what, Brandon? I mean, and this goes back to the first game and the very pointed comments from Rick Bonus. It sounds like they listened. I went through this earlier on, but I mean, you go through the average shift length, which in that game was pushing a minute. And of course had the famous 55 second shift line after that first game last night, you know, every player on the Winnipeg jets had a 45 second or less average shift time. And Shifley, Connor and uh, Ehlers were right in the midst. Connor, 42, Shifley, 44, Ehlers, 41. Message received by those guys, and that is a great sign going into the season that, you know, some of these things that Rick Bonus is preaching seems to be resonating, and it starts with your most important players. The example that those guys set last night, I think, um, you know, bodes very well to see some significant change once we get to the real thing next week. Yeah, and you know there were some really interesting comments to to kind of mirror this from from John Tortorella today. I don't know if you saw them. Uh, I, I assume it was after he finished vomiting watching the Flyers practice once again. <laughs> but he he went on. They they were asking about systems and with new coaches coming in this and that. You know how how long is it going to take for for players to adjust? And and he has said to paraphrase massively here. Essentially said, you know what. Hockey players nowadays know how to play. Like they, there's very little systemic changes ultimately that can happen from team to team. Sure, there's man to man to zone defense inside your own. Sure, there's little nuances with a neutral zone attack, but for for the most part, everything is is pretty much along the same lines. But but a coach's main job is to essentially instill will and structure into his. And I I just thought that was really interesting in in seeing that game specifically last night against the Calgary Flames where, you know, you, you do wonder if, look, there, there were certain structural errors last year and, and last two, three years that were just, they, they just can't happen at this level of professional hockey. But you wonder how many of the Jets' problems are more along the mental side of things. And just bringing in somebody like Rick Bonus at this point to change, change the mindset and the outlook of this team, I, I wonder if that's going to maybe prove off to be the biggest dividend for the club, you know, 40, 50, 60 games down the road. And I, I think that's a perfect example of that, where 
look, he, if, if any one of the Jets veterans last night heated back 90% instead of 100%, you wouldn't really notice it. It's whatever. It's preseason. Nobody cares. But you're right, man. Like, if, if you're seeing 55 and 81 and up and down the line that they're not taking a shift off in, in preseason, then, then nobody else earns the right to do that as well. And that's the trickle-down effect that you're hoping for. And and I, I think it's I, – I, I like the the positivity that, that's kind of surrounding the club right now. I, I'm, I'm going to wait until next week to kind of think about predictions-wise if I'm going to, you know, put the Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs or not. But I'll give Rick Bonus a ton of credit in that he has done an outstanding job of – of making it a conversation piece because I, I think he's doing a lot of the things right. And I think there is a lot of positive momentum pushing towards game one. Well, and, and, and listen, I mean, just for a little bit more credit for bones, I mean, the way he handled that first game and those habits that had crept in over years and addressed them very clearly to the players and then very clearly to anybody paying attention to the Winnipeg jets, I really think was an important moment too. Um, there's no BS from Rick Bonus, and and again, maybe things will change. Maybe, you know, maybe there'll be a different approach during the regular season. I certainly hope not, because I think the frankness and the honesty that he says publicly. I mean, he was very clear. I'm not saying anything to you guys that I haven't already said to them, and acknowledging like there was a lot of times where everything was protected, everything was guarded. They didn't really want to get any information, and I think in some ways that sort of created the ability for guys to get away without that level of accountability. And that's the word we talked about over and over again in the second half of last season, where it was. Um, listen, it's hard to completely change a culture overnight, and I'm sure there's still a ton of work to go. But what he's had to say and how that is showing in his most important players, I mean, Mark Shifley can be the agent of change. He himself almost can be, you know, worth a big, big turnaround in the Winnipeg Jets. But I think if he does that, you will have other players that really follow. And I mean, that's just nothing but good news for a team that absolutely needed to see, um, you know, better buy-in, better effort and better commitment to what the head coach has been saying. And uh, I guess so far, so good heading into the season. Yeah, and it helps when your goalie stops all 37 shots he faces. Big like that's, save, that's, Dave. Yeah, big save, wow. big save, Dave is here, baby. <laughs> We're, we are back. I was there for the revenge game against the Flames. Um, and, and you know what? Everyone, rightfully so, talks about Hellebuck being the most important player for this team. And, and he is. He's a, a goalie that's going to play 60 or so games. And, and there's no doubt about that. But I, I think to what you're saying there, Mark Shifley is the most important player for this team this upcoming season. And, and, and to be honest, you know, Bones is putting a lot of his eggs in that basket, right? Like you're putting your three most dynamic offensive players all in the same line there. And he's essentially trying to recreate what he had in Robertson, Hintz and Pavelski out there in Dallas, right? Where you're going to play a ton and you basically have to drive all of the offense for this club. Like there, there is a lot riding on that line to start the season here. And, Maybe maybe that's where the positivity stems. Well, and again, we'll see we'll see how they fare inside their own zone. And, and you're right, things can change really quickly. Ten games in, a couple of bounces don't go the Jets' way, and all of a sudden things can go from sunshine to, to clouds pretty quickly here. But I think rightfully so. There's a lot of optimism about what that top line can do offensively, and and especially 
seeing how high Nikolai Ehlers' production might skyrocket here, given some time, some increased time on the top line, some number one power play minutes. I think that's probably your your biggest reason for optimism right now surrounding the Jets. In all honesty, is the fact that their top line is it, it's going to score a hell of a ton of goals, and it's just going to be up to see how much they can keep out of it there, at, at their own end to see if they're going to creep up with the Dallases and the St. Louises and the Nashvilles. By the way, here's just a little bit from more from uh, from Billick, who was just on with us. Um, Billick just tweeted this out. Just to clear up any confusion on the wording of Mikhail Burden's situation, I'm told there are no substance abuse issues of any kind involved. Burden wishes to be close to home at the moment, NHL Jets. So anyways, that's good for him personally. And as we discussed, I mean, I think that sort of ship had sailed on Burden. He was going to be the number three guy in that three-man unit for the Moose, and this is going to be good for the Finn and Arvid Holm to be able to play um, going forward. Brandon, heading into the – just quickly, what do you think of Calgary? Like, you're, What are your expectations of Calgary? I mean, they were so good last year. Obviously, it didn't end the way they wanted to. They've had such significant change on their roster at the most important spots – uh, are they going to be, can they be as good as they were last year? Um, and what are the expectations for Kadri, Huberdo, and of course, Mackenzie Weger, who sometimes gets forgotten, but might be the key to it all. Yeah. You know, I think for me in the Pacific, there's a clear cut top three. I'm not sure how they're going to play out just yet. I, I think Calgary, Edmonton, and, you know, people might not like this, but I think Vegas is going to be back in a big way this year. T- to me, that's the class of the Pacific. And I think Calgary belongs in there. I don't I don't know if they're going to be as good as they were last year, but they don't necessarily have to be either, right? Like, it, it didn't really matter against Edmonton that they put up 110 points or whatever they did. It's it's just, you know, get into the dance and see what happens. I, I think... I think they're going to be a much more defensively stingy team, but I, I do think they're going to struggle to score as much as they did last year. Um, you know, Kadri's a great 2C. There's no doubt about that. He's not putting up 90 points again this year. Um, if he gives you, kind of like he has most of his career, like 60 points, nothing wrong with that, but that's not necessarily what what they're expecting out of that spot there. And I'm I'm not sold on Jonathan Huberto necessarily matching the production that both he had last year and that Johnny Gaudreau also provided for the Calgary Flames. He's the best passer that they've ever had in Calgary, according to Daryl Sutter. Let's not forget about that. And not to mention Tyler Toffoli's also been a guy that's won cups and been on long playoff runs, unlike somebody that's now in the Florida Panthers system. The the Sutter quotes in the preseason have been absolutely amazing. I cannot get enough of him right now. I, I would, I would, I would, Take Johnny Gaudreau over Johnny Huber, no passing or no passing. So it, it, I guess it doesn't really matter all that much. But I look, Sutter's a hell of a coach. They've got a top five goalie. They've got one of, if not the best decor, maybe behind Colorado, one of the best decors in the NHL, and and a solid forward group. Like that's gonna take you. That's gonna take you a long way. I I would I would call them a playoff lock. I, I think I'd feel pretty confident about that. Um, I don't think they're going to run away with the division the same way that they did last year. I think Edmonton's going to be right there with them. And I I, I do think Vegas is going to bounce back in a, in a pretty significant way this season. The one team I, I have absolutely no idea which direction they're going to go is actually the LA Kings. That's a team that I think could miss the playoffs. Or if Quinton Byfield figures it out, they could certainly go ahead and win the division. I, I just don't have a good read on them just yet. But 
I think Calgary would be just fine. Just just fine. Like 100 points, fine. The funny thing is about Vegas, and I'm sort of with you. I mean, I'm a big Jack Eichel guy. I think he, I mean, if he can rebound and be the guy they thought they were getting from Buffalo, um, that's big. I mean, they need to have a healthy Mark Stone. Yeah. But I have major questions about who the hell is going to be stopping the puck there right now. I mean, you know, they got, um, what's his name from um, from Aiden San Hill. Jose? Aiden Hill. Um, he's going to be in the mix. They've got Logan Thompson. They've got Hutch, and they've got Loren Brassois, who had, they weren't sure whether he was going to be there at the start of the year. I think he will be, but um, they're going to need, I mean, especially in that division going up against some of those teams, particularly Edmonton and Calgary, um, they're going to need somebody to step up, and I'm sure that they're hoping that it's Aiden Hill. But, I mean, to me, that is a major question mark for Vegas. But here's the thing with Vegas. I think people kind of skate over this because everybody hates them. <laughs> like, no, There are very <laughs> few people that like the Golden Knights. And some of the things they do, like hockey karma-wise, I kind of get it. But last year was like the ultimate Murphy's Law year for them. Like, literally everything went wrong. And I mean, by the Mark Stone shouldn't have been playing the last month of the season. I mean, he could he could barely skate up and down the. It was really tough watching him play. And and if he's back fully healthy, you're talking about I mean, one of the five best wingers on the planet at, at both ends of the ice. And I I think Jack Eichel is going to be a lot better too. Like he he parachutes in midway through the year after having a, a pretty significant neck surgery, right? And he was still he was still okay for them. But the, when when Murphy's Law everything bad happened to them. They were right into the playoff mix until the last game of the season, essentially. I think it was two games left. They played Dallas and ended up losing that one. And that's with everything going wrong. If, if they just get a little bit to go right for them, if they stay a little healthier, I think I think Logan Thompson's fine as a, as a goalie, right? Like if, if they get average goaltending, they, they've got a pretty good defense group. They've got two number one defensemen. They've got a really deep forward core, even even with losing Pacioretty for nothing, right? Like, I, I do kind of like that they've split the the misfits on all three different lines for them there. I, I think Vegas is going to be just fine. And I think, really, everyone's talking about the losses they had this offseason. I think they made one of the most significant moves this entire offseason, and that was bringing in Bruce Cassidy. I think Bruce Cassidy's a top-five coach of the NHL. And I think that alone is going to be a big, big boost for them. And um, I'll give you a little spoiler to my prediction episode. I, I think Vegas is going to win the win the Pacific Division this year. I think they're going to be a really, really tough outcome playoff time as well. Well, Jets are going to see them a couple times in October, I believe. So uh, we'll uh, see how that prediction looks early on in the season when uh, our Jets go head-to-head with the Vegas Golden Knights. Brandon, awesome stuff. Fill people in on uh, what's cooking on skates and plates heading into the weekend. Yeah, episode coming out tomorrow, just breaking down the preseason coming out as a whole. And then uh, Tuesday is going to be prediction time. That'll be the big prediction episode before we get ready for the regular season. I'm jacked up, man. I'm ready to go. I, I'm not a preseason guy. I, I, I did my best, but I'm I'm ready for the real thing to get underway here. So let's uh, let's hit the fast forward button until next Friday. You know what? I had no idea, but... Uh... The Rangers coming in here for the Jets home opener and first game on Friday. It's going to be the Rangers' third game of the season. Really? Uh, yeah, exactly. So a little <laughs> just, extra work, and I guess that's why the huh. team's going out to Banff for a little extra team building because, of course, they'll have the time to do exactly that. Folks, subscribe to Skates and Plates wherever you're getting the Winnipeg Sports Talk podcast. Brandon, have a great one. We'll talk to you next week when uh, things get going for real. 
Enjoy the weekend, man. Talk soon. Thanks so much. There's Brandon Ruwicki. Make sure you're following on Twitter as well at Brandon Ruwicki. Uh, of course, we got a bomber game on Saturday as well. 6 p.m. start against the Elks, and that means the Princess Auto Tailgate Zone gets going at 4 p.m. The place to be before the game. Five dollar beers, three fifty pop and hot dogs. DJ finesse spinning. Atmosphere there has just been phenomenal going into the last couple games. So let's keep it going, Bomber fans. We'll see you there at the Princess Auto Tailgate Zone. Of course, Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. <clears throat> A big shout-out to our friends at Culligan Water, the water experts for decades, 65 years family-owned here in Winnipeg and hydrating the province and the city They've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop down and see them at 1200 Sargent Avenue. 694-5180 is the number to call or check out all the Culligan Man's products and services awaiting for you and your family at drinkculligan.com. Uh, I was mentioning the Bomber game. Another thing that will be on tap at the Bomber game, of course, is Canadian Club, the official whiskey of the Blue and Gold. And it's not just Canadian Club and all the great Beam Suntory products that are available at the bars, but you can also get the Canadian Club and Ginger Ale ready-to-drink pre-mix cocktail. Just a phenomenal addition to the lineup from Canadian Club. And, of course, it's also available in six-packs at your local beer store. But grab one at the game on Saturday and grab one the next time you're at your beer store or your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And, hey, we got Thursday Night Football tonight. We hit it on today's Lock Shop. If you want more insight and picks on tonight's game, you can find it there. Subscribe to the Lock Shop wherever you get your podcasts or check out my Twitter or Dustin Nielsen's Twitter feed for the video edition. We got the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos, two disappointing teams so far. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter what matchup's on because at Boston Pizza, the big game's on the big screen. BP Pizza flight's available and ice cold bud draft on special for five bucks every game. And you can enter to win one of two grand prize trips for two for an NFL weekend in Vegas, including airfare, hotel, NFL game tickets, and a bonus NHL game. First trip coming up. On the 11th to 13th of November, Raiders, Colts, Golden Knights, and Blues on Saturday night. Second trip is New Year's Eve weekend. Raiders and Niners and the Knights and Preds on New Year's Eve. Watch the NFL and enter to win at any Winnipeg, Selkirk, Steinbach, Morden, and Portage, Boston Pizza location. All right. That's some great Jets chats with Scott Billick and Brandon Rowicki so far. And now it's time to welcome in a very special guest to the program, Winnipeg Jets Center. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Pierre-Luc, what's going on? Thanks for doing this. No, thanks for having me. What, um, what's been the atmosphere around camp? Um, you know, new coach, a number of new players, obviously many familiar faces. Um, from your perspective, how's camp been? And uh, what, what has the atmosphere been like around the squad as you get ready to uh, start your 82-game journey in the regular season? Yeah, it's been exciting. Um, it's been a fun camp. Uh, obviously, a lot of hard work and a lot of the learning and video and new systems, but um, no, I love excited. I think whenever you have a new voice um, with new ideas and, and how this team can play and improve, 
um, everybody's excited about it and everybody's happy. And, uh, you know, preseason is, is fun to get back into things, but, uh, you know, with this last preseason game and then a few days, regular season starts, uh, the, the excitement level comes up. What, uh, tell us about coach bones. Uh, what was your first impression for him and, uh, how have you enjoyed working with him so far? Yeah, I, I talked to a few times to him this summer, um, you know, just quick calls about the season and, and all that, but to be able to start working with him officially here uh, during camp, it's been great. Him and his whole coaching staff, uh, you know, whether it's video or communication on the ice practices, um, even during games, it's been, uh, it's been fun to, to work with them. Uh, they're very oriented around details and, and they have clear and precise ideas of, of how we want to play and, and what kind of team we want to be in. You know, I think it's great, but, you know, to have the details and visually see it sometimes, it helps a lot. So uh, it's been great, and I'm sure, you know, we still have a lot to learn and, and a lot to talk about, but so far, so good. He, uh, I mean, from the outside looking in, he seems to uh, have incredible energy and be a, a, a real positive person. Is that uh, is that accurate? I mean, uh, how would you characterize uh, the personality of your new head coach? Yeah, he's... Uh, He's, uh, I mean, he shows up every day in a good mood, talks to everybody. Um, you know, I always ask you how you're doing um, and stuff like that. So that's that's great. But, um, you know, he says the door's always open, and, and I think it truly is. And uh, as a player, um, you know, it means a lot when you could talk to a coach and just have a, a conversation with him. Um, he, he's been uh, been great with the video, too, of, you know, he knows we have a lot to learn, and we have all of his systems, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes. But, He's been great and and being staying patient with us, but also being very demanding. And I think uh, it's going to lead well into the season. Well, you know, the, the structure and the changes, I think, are very interesting for fans. And even fans that, you know, maybe haven't played the game or haven't coached, uh, I think have seen, certainly in the games, I mean, an up-tempo pace. How different is this structure that uh, Bones is putting in this year compared to what you and your team played last year? And, and what have been the keys maybe to making those changes, the things that you guys need to focus on the most? Yeah, there's a, obviously there's a lot of changes, but um, I think we want to play a lot faster. Um, you know, you, you look at how the game is nowadays and the best teams, they, they, they just play so fast. The puck's from behind their net on a breakout and they're on the four check, the puck's behind your net in, you know, three seconds. So there's a lot, uh, there's a lot of components to that. The puck moves faster than players. Um, so sometimes you don't need to, to come as low and, and you don't need to, you know, support as close. You can just skate and the puck will find you later on. You know, we got to trust each other, trust the defensive will make plays, trust that the wingers, they'll, they'll be in the right spots in the centers too. So it's a lot of, uh, a lot of chemistry, building chemistry, uh, getting used to the systems. It's, it's a different mindset and way of playing the game. But I think once we all get it figured out, uh, we can be really dangerous and, and uh, even annoying team to play against. Well, it's funny you say annoying. You uh, did your fair share of annoying players on the other team last year. I think you had, uh, you know, by far the most penalty minutes in your career. What, uh, what got India last season? I don't know. Uh, hopefully the, that doesn't happen again this year, but um I, I like to be a guy that nobody wants to play against. And, um, you know, that that's physical. That's in front of the net. Uh, that's defending teammates when the time comes. Um, you know, there's, there's all components to that. And hopefully the volume go down, but, you know, the intensity stays the same.
Well, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I say that complimentarily because, um, I mean, I think you were so involved in in the game last year, which, you know, at time that wasn't the case, uh, you know, night in and night out for, you know, for some of the guys. And I think that's what really made you a fan favorite last year with the way that you played and obviously not so much of a favorite of opponents. And I'm sure you're, you're quite happy with that. Um, Pierre-Luc, going into this season so far, we've seen you play with Cole Perfetti and Blake Wheeler. Um, what have you seen from Perfetti and um, how exciting is it to, uh, you know, to be a, a center playing along with a young man with uh, that sort of skill set and toolbox? It's been fun. I played with him a bit last year before he got injured. Uh, we had a fun time there playing together. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good player, but I think above all, he's a, he's a good person and he's a fun guy to be around and it's been fun to to see him, you know, grow into to the player he is now and, and he's gonna I know he's gonna keep growing and becoming an even better player, but he's uh he's so smart. Um he can pass the puck. He uh he can shoot the puck, um he can make plays and you know, he's got confidence and the confidence will just keep growing as the season goes on, I'm sure. You know, he works hard, uh we communicate well and he's a fast learner. So I think when you put all those things together, uh you know, it can be he can become uh, a really, really good player in this league, and he's already a good player. But I know, uh, I know, and he knows that there's a lot more to come from him. You know what I mean? With him being such a young player, I mean, uh, over on the right side, you've got uh, longtime captain Blake Wheeler. Um, you know, who's done so much is really the face of the franchise. I have to ask you, Pierre Luke. I mean, one of the first things that happened prior to camp um, was the change in the leadership group, which was significant for the organization. Um, from your perspective, like what was it like, uh, you know, being in the room or being around the team uh, when you heard that? And uh, how did you and some of the other players react to, I mean, a, a very big change from um, what had been the norm around here for a long time? Yeah, I think it came as a, as a surprise to all of us. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think a lot of guys expected it or if any expected it. Um, but, you know, we, since I've been here, I, it's my, going into my third season here. Um, you know, Wills has been great to me. Uh, he's been helpful from the moment I got here to now. And I'm sure even without being the captain, he'll still be helpful. and He'll still be a, a leader on this team. But um, I think, you know, for the guys that have only had one captain in their career, it, was, it came as a shock. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. And it wasn't easy for the team or for Wills. But I think, you know, for this team now on, we, we've talked about, uh, the great teams, they don't just have one or two leaders, the whole team leads and everybody has a different role and everybody has a different job. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we need the teams made of into the 22 individuals and every individual has to do their job um, and has to be a leader in their own way. So, yeah, it's, it's obviously going to be a bit different, but, um, you know, we, we hope and we think that it could be a, a positive thing for the team and wheels. Is going to be, you know, he doesn't need a seat to be, to be a leader and to be a good guy on this team. And, um, you know, I'm sure that, that this year we'll see, you know, some guys maybe even jump into to new leadership roles. But um, I think it, it could be a, a good thing for this team moving forward. You know, I mean, certainly, I mean, last year with the way that you played night in and night out, I mean, certainly on this program, we heard from many fans feeling that you were exerting that sort of leadership. I mean, do you personally look at this as an opportunity maybe to uh, take a bigger and more impactful role amongst the leadership group of the Winnipeg Jets? Uh, I mean, how how I see it, to be honest, is there's, it's not an opportunity. Um, I, I just see it as I just got to, 
do my job again. Um, I just got to do my job and help the team win. And, um, you know, like I said, I don't think you need to have a letter on your jersey to be a leader. Um, I think it's just doing the right things, um, having the right mindset, doing it every day, showing up and, and doing your job and, and trying to influence others and helping others into doing theirs too. Um, so, I mean, I don't see it as an opportunity or anything like that. I just think, you know, you, we got to do our job again. Um, whether, even if we had zero letters on our, on, uh, on our team and we just, everybody, nobody had an assistant, nobody had a captain. I mean, you have to be a leader anyway. So uh, for me this year, the mindset like that doesn't change. Um, it's just, it's still about winning and, and helping this team in, in, in any way I can. Pierre-Luc Dubois with the Winnipeg Jets, our guest here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Pierre-Luc, at the end, end of last season, not surprisingly, um, there was a lot of uh, pissed-off players after the year that uh, we, we that the team had. Um, how would you characterize the attitude of this team going in? We've heard a number of players saying, uh, you know, somewhat of a chip on their shoulder, wanting to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, is that accurate? I mean, what, what do you feel about is the, uh, the I guess, the, the mentality of this team going into this upcoming season, considering what happened last campaign? Yeah, well, obviously last year was a, a disappointing season um, in, in many ways. Uh, you know, we knew we knew what kind of team we had, and we knew also knew at the end of the season that we 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 disappointed ourselves and disappointed a lot of people. But I think for us this year, um, it's they're long seasons. It's a long season, and I think for us, it's going to be about proving ourselves right um, and, and not proving others wrong. Uh, you know, we want to stay in that positive mindset of of we know what kind of team we have in here and nobody's more demanding towards us than us. Um, the coaching staff, the players, everybody, this whole organization, we know what kind of team we have. And, uh, you know, last year was, was, uh, was not the year for us and it was not, uh, it did show what kind of team we had. And that's what we, we truly believe. So this year for us, it's going to be important that, you know, we keep building with new system, new coaches, um, new philosophy, but, we have to start, uh, you know, you can't start the season on the, on the bad foot. So we're going to need uh, a strong start, and, and then we'll go from there. Pierre-Luc Dubois with us. Pierre, it's an off day uh, for the club. Got to ask you, what's a perfect off day for you? What do you do when you're not at the rink or don't have to go in for practice? Uh, well, in the perfect world, I get to wake up a bit later than I usually do. Uh, <laughs> right, now I'm at, I, right now I'm at the rink. Uh, I was going to come uh, do a little treatment. Um I missed a few practices this week, so I'll do a little treatment, warm up some new skates, um, or maybe get a, a little sauna in, relax. But perfect off day, bring my dog for a walk. Uh, really, it's for me, it's about uh, char- charging the batteries and getting back to, to 100%. So that's what I'm going to try to be doing today. When you're away from the rink, um, do you spend a lot of time thinking about talking about watching hockey? Or are you one of those players that uh, you know has a nice uh, balance between uh, the job and what you have to do, and uh, when you're at work and what you do away from the rink? Uh, I love hockey. Obviously, it's my job and it's my passion. Um, I love talking about hockey. I mean, me and my dad—that's probably ninety percent of our conversations, but. <laughs> When I'm away from the rink, I, I like to, to keep my mind fresh because um, I feel like when I come back to the rink the next day, I'm excited because I haven't thought about it for 12 hours. Even 12 hours doesn't seem like much. Um, so I, when, I'm out, I'm, when I'm away, when I'm at home, um, I try to keep it light. I try to change my mind. I, I have other passions. Um, I love soccer. Um, that's probably my favorite sport after hockey. So 
um, always trying to learn about that and, and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I try to stay away, not away, but try to change my mind a bit uh, sometimes. Uh, it's, it's soccer guy, well, do you have a favorite squad and how fired up for you for Canada to finally be back in the World Cup next month? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm already preparing brackets for a team. Um, I'm really excited for the World Cup. That's going to be a, a really fun month uh, of watching a lot of soccer and recording a lot of games and, and uh, probably wearing the same jer- Canadian jersey uh, five days a week to the rink. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited, really looking forward to that. It's different also than, than what it usually is. It's always in the summer, so it'll be fun to, to have that in the middle of, of the season now. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy that it's happening in late November, but um, when, whenever and wherever the fact that Canada's in, I think is going to be, it's going to be amazing for the country, and it'll be very different at that time of year when it's usually about, you know, the stretch, you know, really getting into hockey season, but um, we'll have plenty of time here on the show to uh, talk all of it. Hey, outside of hockey, is there a favorite, do you have a favorite athlete or, uh, you know, a player? We've had a lot of talk about Roger Federer, who just uh, retired. And it's interesting as to how many athletes in other sports look to him for both the, his greatness and the way that he conducts himself. Is there a, is there a non-hockey player that uh, you've always looked up to or uh, have a special fondness for? Uh, oh, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, um, I also like soccer. I was uh, I was uh, a big Wayne Rooney fan. Um, now he's he's retired, so it's not, it's not him anymore. But um, I mean, Roger coming back to him. Uh, I'm a I'm a decent you know decently big tennis fan. I'm not a huge tennis fan, but I, I like watching. I like watching the uh, U.S. Open, Fresh Open, and, and all that. But um, but I mean, Roger is just kind of the at the top of class in, in sports. And I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody saw the reactions that every athlete and person in the world had when he retired. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy to think that you can get that much respect just from playing one sport. Uh, you know, it's not just the tennis world that was, that was sad about his retirement, the whole world. So that was a pretty impressive thing to, to see last month. Uh, back to hockey for a minute. Who's the toughest goalie uh, that gives you the most problems when you're out there? And uh, who's the guy that you uh, maybe have the best rivalry with on the ice? When you know that he's out there, you're going to have a real tough night or uh, great battles. Uh, well, I can't say Bucky because uh, obviously I play with him now. But I just have to mention his name because if you hear this, he'll be happy. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think Elvis in Columbus uh, – I got to know him. I played with him for a bit. Um, we're, we're good friends. So I think when we play them, he says, I want to score. I want to score on him. And uh, I know he's, if he, uh, if he doesn't give me a goal, he'll be happy and he'll be texting me after the game about it. Um, and he's one of the good goalies in this league. So uh, I like, uh, I like our competition that we have going me and him. Pierre-Luc Dubois, the Winnipeg Jets with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Pierre, of course, uh, you know, you've had a great impact here in Winnipeg and, um, you know, made a lot of fans here in very quick time. And I think part of what happened in the summer uh, with it being such a big story about what would be uh, what would be happening with your future 
was a big part of just how important you were with the club. I know you've clarified things and, you know, listen, in that dead zone when there wasn't a lot of uh, other big sports news going on, sometimes those stories take a uh, on a life of their own. I know you've spoken with Sean Reynolds and some others. I mean, do you think about your contract situation a lot or is that easy for you to put aside? And just for Winnipeg Jet fans, how would you characterize your situation going into this season and next? Yeah, I mean, I think to start, everybody's different. Um, everybody has different motives and everybody thinks differently. And, and you know, I, I accept that when people write their stories or you know, articles or anything, I just look at it through through their lens. But for me personally, um, whether I have a one-year contract or an eight-year contract, I'm just thinking about winning. Um, I'm in, going into my sixth season. Uh, the furthest I've gone in the playoffs is the second round. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating. It's, uh, you know, I, I want, I want to be on a team that that's, uh, winning Stanley Cups. And, um, you know, that's, that's all I'm thinking about this year. And like I said earlier, I know we have a good team and I know what we can do here and we all do. So that this year, it's all about that and, and nothing else. Yeah. And I mean, then going forward, I mean, just to clarify, I mean, everything's on the table, including potentially staying here in Winnipeg. I mean, I think probably the best thing for uh, Winnipeg would be have a great season to have be on a great team and have a lot of success and, and see from there. But you haven't ruled anything out going forward, correct? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, you know, it was just about this summer. It was just about uh, getting getting the, the one-year contract and, and anything's on the table. But, you know, this summer it just wasn't ready to, to necessarily decide, you know, the next eight or six or seven or eight years of my life. But everything's still on the table. I've, I've enjoyed my time here in Winnipeg and, and playing with these, with these teammates and, um, you know, getting to know the city and getting to know the fans. It's been great. And everybody's been uh, extremely nice to me. So uh, everything's still on the table. All right, before we go, uh, you and the fellas are heading out to Calgary to finish up the preseason and then hanging out in Banff. Do you know what you guys are going to be up to? I mean, uh, what's on the agenda for the Winnipeg Jets as you uh, kind of wait a little bit more time than other teams to start your season next Friday? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Uh, I've been to Banff twice, but only in the winter, so it'll be exciting to see what it looks like in the summer. I think we got some golf, we got some fishing. Um, it'll be a fun trip, uh, you know, get to know the guys even more and and have everybody together. Um, you know, obviously when we're at home after the rink, everybody goes home and you go see the families. But uh, when we're in Banff, it's just going to be us. So that'll be a, a fun trip and a good way to start the season. Well, and, uh, you know, speaking of good ways to start the season, I mean, you in particular got a great welcome at uh, Winnipeg Jets Fan Fest oh. at the uh, Iceplex uh, last week. And I can imagine uh, your view and uh, everyone looking forward to getting back in front of the faithful next Friday against the uh, New York Rangers. Um, what's the wait going to be like to finally get this season started again after uh, a longer than preferred off season? Oh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really exciting. Uh, like you said, the off season was a bit too long. Uh, for for our liking, so to be able to get back in front of our fans, start the season off at home, uh, it's going to be great. I mean, there's no better way to start the season. The only better way to start it is uh, is with a win. So hopefully, we can get that done for our fans. Well, we're looking forward to it. October 14th, Friday night, Canada Life Center. It's the Jets and the New York Rangers for the home opener. Pierre Luke, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the time out west and. Uh, all the best for you and your uh, club to have a great season coming up. Thank you very much.
All right, great stuff with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Really appreciate him jumping on with us today during an off day for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll talk more about it and give us your comments on what you just thought of uh, the chat with PLD in the chat or if you're watching this afterwards in the comments here. Folks, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Let's get those likes up for PLD's appearance here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right. Um, hey, a big shout out to our friends over at Nick and Nicky DQ. Uh, a blizzard is perfect coming up this weekend. I mean, how about an ice cream cake for Thanksgiving? Maybe make mom and dad really happy when you're heading over or uh, grab, grabbing the gang together for it. Of course, you can pick one up at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQ locations. And while you're there, jump on one of those delicious stack burgers, maybe the honey barbecue chicken fingers, my personal favorite, and all the great ice cream treats and novelties. And the OG, the Blizzard dessert treat. Four locations for Nick and Nicky DQ. The DQ out in Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And you can also hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba if you want to custom order a DQ ice cream cake for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. And uh, hey, with the weekend coming up, not particularly nice today. It's going to get nicer, though. Still a little bit of time to check out that beautiful new patio at Little Brown Jug that, of course, hosted us for our first ever Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Night. Um, Little Brown Jug down in the exchange, the best place to go to sample all the amazing beers from Little Brown Jug. But if you're unable to make it down, go online at littlebrownjug.ca for citywide delivery or pick up the great taste of Little Brown Jug at your local beer store. And of course, many fine bars and restaurants have 1919 on tap. Always a great choice when you're going for a pint. All right, we'll get to Kubet lines before the end of the program. Let's get Remus back in here. And um, Remo, seeing in the chat, a lot of nice response for Pierre-Luc Dubois joining us today on the program. Um, got to hit a number of topics with him. And listen, I think he's pretty optimistic going into the uh, into the season. And you would hope that would be the case, certainly for everybody with the club. And of course, had to ask him about just the way he would characterize his situation with the contract going into this year. Um, just sort of get everything out on the table. Very similar to what he had said to Sean Reynolds, that, you know, they hasn't ruled anything out. And honestly, I know there's still maybe some people that are bent about the way Pat Brisson handled things and floated a few things out publicly. But I will say this. I personally, I don't know anyone coming off of that season that the Winnipeg Jets just had, not knowing who the coach is, not knowing so much uncertainty about the team going forward, would be thinking about jumping into a long-term deal. All that being said, though, as I mentioned in the interview, I really do believe that if Dubois can have a great season personally, if the team can succeed, if they can get to the playoffs, if they can make the guys in that room seem like, you know, this is a bright future for the Winnipeg Jets, I certainly think the Jets will be in the mix. They're going to need to find that out because if it's not happening, they will need to trade him. But um, it seems like he's got his head in the right place going forward. And um, just having an open mind to potentially staying here, I think, is good news for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I think after last season, I, I don't know if any player was like, yeah, sign me up for another, you know, seven years or whatever it is. Even if it is going to be, what, like $60 million. I think he seems like a guy, it's not all about the money for him. He wants to play hard. He wants to win. And I think from his comments at the start of this season and kind of you heard from him at the end of last season, I don't think he agreed with some of the coaching philosophies from before on how they were going to play. He talked how he likes to play fast. And they're doing that now, and we'll see how he goes. I think we can all agree 
that he's going to, he, again, he's going to be playing hard. Uh, one, he's got a new contract to do at the end of the season. Uh, but look, he's got, a, he likes the way they're playing. He's got good line mates. Um, I think, I think he's going to have a good season. We'll see how it goes. And I, I'm a big fan of PLD. So I saw some, uh, I think you still get PLD 13 jerseys on sale. So that's kind of right up, right up my alley. Us, but he is uh, he is number I did, eight. I know. did see at the pro shop uh, at the game yesterday in the upper bowl, there was a a big deal on some Aviator thirteen Dubois. Yes, sign so me up. if you wanted to pick one of those, those are there. Hey, Paulo, thanks very much for the super chat. PLD wants to win the cup. Is that Montreal? If the Jets are a higher contender than the Habs, he likely stays. Right? I'm sure it'll be more to it than that. Uh, but the bottom line. And we go back to this, and we kind of said, honestly, throughout last year, who, after the season that the Jets had with the way that it was finished, would be thinking, like, okay, yeah, you know what, now's the time to be inking long-term. Um, the fact of the matter is, he's back. I don't think there's any question about his level of engagement. Even last season, when there were a lot of questions about some other guys on the squad, we weren't saying that about Dubois. And I think it's important to... You know, for all sides, have an open mind, see what happens, let this play out this season. And then for Kevin Sheveldayoff, whether it is later on this year or at the end of the season, figure out the lay of the land. And um, if they're not able to get him done, they'll have to move him to make sure that they do get something for a very important asset that they gave up so much to get. But the bottom line, Michael Remus, is that Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be a big, big part of this team. And you know, with the front first line loaded up as we saw last night with Connor Ehlers and Mark Shifley, Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to have a lot on his shoulders and a great opportunity to, you know, be the leader and the driver of that second line, starting off with Blake Wheeler and young Cole Perfetti on the left. Yeah, that's going to be a line to watch. You, you kind of do like having, and Bonus has mentioned this, the bigger Dubois uh, with Wheeler, bigger Wheeler. And uh, the youngster, Perfetti Dubois, 60 points last year in 81 games. I think he beats that. Um, I think it's going to be around there. Uh, it's going to be close. I think a lot of it depends on power play time. He appears to be ready for that uh, What top power play. But I think the Gagne spot, although Gagne yesterday, uh, he, was, he was pretty good. So um, we'll have to wait and see how that all shakes out. But I, I think somewhere around there. Would be solid for him, and um, and would definitely help the Winnipeg Jets. You know, having those. Let's get the you know first line and second line scoring in the same game, and that would lead to a couple more wins as well. Well, for sure. I mean, there's about wins. It's about having fun. It's about a new atmosphere. All those things seem to be improved from last year. Now, like we've heard in the chat, you know, what happens when the team goes on a losing streak? Well, I mean, let's face it. Winning is fun. They can do a lot more winning. I think, you know, it puts everybody in a better situation. I think gives the Jets a much better chance to maintain some of the players and keep them around here long term. Um, that being said, Next Friday is what it's all about. Rangers, Jets, home opener, game number one of 82. We'll have plenty of time to micromanage and break down all of the uh, intricities of the Jets contract situation and roster. But first things first, it's time to play some hockey. But of course, the Jets tomorrow out in Calgary for that final game. Remo, you watched the stream last mm -hmm. night. I mean, uh, how uh, how was it uh, watching a game live on the internet as opposed to regular cable television? <laughs> yeah, that was the big topic. This We've even had people come in chat today saying they didn't even know what the game wasn't on TV. They tried finding it on TSN, and I tweeted out 
my There was tips. some great CTO tips yesterday from I, Winnipeg Sports Talk. Those I, were money. I tweeted out tips about the best way to do it. What I didn't add, they didn't really advertise this, but it is on the NHL app. So if you're on any of the NHL app on Fire TV, I guess Apple TV, any other, what, Google TV, I'm sure it's on all of them. Uh, you can just go to the Jets page, and it was on the front page. I fired it up. I tried it on my tablet, uh, at, my Apple iPad, and my Android tablet. I tried it on everything. Where it looked good. Um, nice to hear the Edmonds call for a TV game. The intermission. I mean, it was pretty. Um, they didn't have like the intermission panel. They just showed the uh, the Nate Schmidt car video and the Neil Pionk off season boating videos, which uh, I enjoyed. So it worked. We're good. You know, someone said to me, uh, so like, this game's not on TV. What are we in the 70s? I was like, no, it's streaming only. It's 2022. Uh, we're seeing it in we're seeing it in the U.S. Um, they got the Apple TV games on Friday. Peacocks, this is for baseball. Peacocks got Sunday morning baseball exclusive. Um, Thursday night football in the U.S. is Amazon Prime only. So we haven't had to deal with that here. I will say one thing. Someone, you know, tweeted at me who was from, you know, outside of the city. And I will agree with this, that, you know, internet coverage outside of the Winnipeg kind of sucks. Um, you know, at our cottage at Winnipeg Beach, like you can't, they don't have it. It's coming, it's supposed to be coming any day now, but some places, you know, don't you not able to get high-speed internet. Yeah, I know full well about that. Never mind high-speed internet. How about cell service? I yeah. mean, when Rick Bonus was famously hired... I was at Clear Lake Golf Course, and I don't think I knew for about 90 minutes until mm. my phone started working when I got to the back nine. Yeah, so, and that's the one thing I think, I don't know about the U.S., but in Canada for sure, especially rural Manitoba, like if you're going to do, you can't, I don't know if you can do a game streaming only because a lot of people, it's not that they can't, they want to buy internet, but it's not there. Eh? And I did see Bell put out a release saying they're going to be installing it in more places, but some places you can't get it. So uh, TV is... Look, it's two games, preseason games. It'll be back on regular TV on TSN uh, next Friday for game one against the Rangers, which is actually their game three. Uh, which kind of makes me nervous for the Jets, to be honest. Uh, playing first game after a layoff. Hey, a team that's pit- Rangers. There's, Rangers are going to be playing three and four, mm-hmm. different time zone. You know, come on. This is uh, this is just made for a, uh, for a home win. I, I'm joking, of course. Hey, schedule is what it is. You got to play who's coming and not. Uh, Man, I'm looking forward to that game. We're going to be all over the Winnipeg Jets. We'll get some dispatches from Banff early in the week, and then uh, it's all going to lead to, of course, tomorrow or uh, next week, a week tomorrow for the home opener between the Winnipeg Jets and the New York Rangers. Hey, before we go, and again, Thursday night football tonight, um, let's get to the cool bet lines for tonight. Indy and the Broncos. Um, I don't know what to know expect from either of these teams they've been so disappointing so far uh but the Colts are three and a half point favorites right now that actually has come down a little bit to minus 111 before it was minus 120 and the total for this game anywhere between 41 and a half and 42 and a half I will tell you I've got a daily pick for cool bet we're uh we have, we're undefeated so far this week heading into Thursday I have no confidence in either of these offenses Plus 120 on the over three and a half field goals for today. It's one of those fun bets you can get in the game props. But uh, do like the Colts plus the points. Not a heavy lean. 
Uh, and I'll definitely be on the under 42 and a half for tonight's game. Use the promo code WST at CoolBet for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit just in time for baseball playoffs tomorrow. And of course, another week in the National Football League. And of course, Bombers Elks right now. Let's just see if that line has moved at all. It has been 13 all week and uh, it's 13 right now as well. Hamilton minus two and a half against Saskatchewan at home. Argos minus one and a half against BC. Bombers 13 point home favorites over the Elks and the Alouettes land seven at home against the Ottawa Red Blacks with Bobby Dice getting the opportunity to be the interim head coach in the aftermath of the firing of Paul LaPolice. Remo, tomorrow's show is going to be awesome. Heading into the weekend, Ken Weeb is going to join us. And we're also going to speak to, and I'm really looking forward to this, the legendary former voice of Jets 1.0, Kurt Kielbach, who's going to join us to talk a little Jets and more stories from his book right here. Two minutes for talking to myself. Really cool to see Kurt involved in the uh, Dale Howarchuk night, um, you know, with the uh, that video he did talking about uh, Dale that was uh, played at the game on Saturday night. And uh, I've been going through the book. It's really neat. It's a lot of great stories from the olden days. And uh, I think people are going to really enjoy Kurt's visit with us tomorrow on the show. Yeah, once I saw he had the book coming out, I got excited. Everyone loves stories. Jets 1.0. I also watched him on that Howard Chuck video. Uh, the book looks pretty good. So we're excited to have him on tomorrow. And we're going to tee up what the Jets game against Calgary. Also tee up the Bombers game. Lots to get to. Very exciting time, Hustler. Uh, closing in on the start. Oh, yeah, the Jays will be playing at three as well. So after Yeah, the marble show, race watch. right into playoff baseball. Hell, yeah, I cannot wait. And, uh, of course, tomorrow noon before we get going on Winnipeg Sports Talk, the big NFL Week 5 best bet pick show. That'll be coming up at noon. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Hustlerama, and subscribe to the Lock Shop wherever you get it. Hey, running man, has mentioned this a couple times in the chat. We should get to this. That moron that was running around on the field with the pink smoke bomb on Monday Night Football that ended up getting leveled by Bobby Wagner on Monday is apparently filing a police report over the tackle. Um, Bobby Wagner spoke about the incident on Wednesday saying it's behind him. I can't really focus on it. I'm more concerned about the security guard that was hurt trying to chase him and the people that was, we don't know what that is. And you just got to do what you got to do. Um, I saw a couple lawyers saying this. I mean, this guy's going to have to get past trespassing and more. And it wasn't particularly malicious, just something that needed to be happened. You want to run around like an idiot on a field full of professional NFL football players and delay the game. Um, you best be ready to get blown up. Although, and I showed you this off air, we don't have the clip to play, but the funniest thing about that entire um, event was post-game, Bobby Wagner was getting interviewed. And a woman was asking him, and I sort of got the impression that she was more uh, a news reporter um, that was asking Bobby about what happened. And afterwards, she said, well, did you... Um, did you, your coaches talk to you about what had happened? And then he goes, well, what do you mean what had happened? And then she said, well, you know what occurred uh, when you went and made the play? And he goes, made the play on the fan? 
And then she goes, yeah, he goes, no, no, that wasn't a play. That was just going forward. It was a very, very funny back and forth. If you can see the post-game audio after that Rams loss to the Niners on Monday night. Um, that being said, quiet night tonight, but things get going tomorrow. Four Major League Baseball wildcard games, Jays and Mariners, right after Winnipeg Sports Talk tomorrow at 3 p.m. We'll talk about that, get a little bomber preview, maybe a visit from Hacksaw. Kurt Keelback, Ken Weeb, the latest on the Jets going into the preseason finale tomorrow night in Calgary, and a little tee up of uh, what the team's going to be doing out in Banff when Ken joins us as well, Reem. Yeah, before we go, a couple other notes, and we are looking forward to tomorrow's show. Um, Jason Robertson had the late night contract with Dallas. We talked about him, you know, holding out, and he had a four, it seems like a pretty reasonable contract for him. It'll be a, still be an RFA after four-year deal with Dallas. It was seven, I'm trying to think, seven. What was it? Seven something? 7.75. The yeah. first year, it's one and a half million dollar salary and three million bonus or vice versa. And then it's like eight, nine point something, nine point something okay. for a uh, for. Did you say he'll be an RFA at the end of that? He'll be an R, it'll be a final year of RFA. After with like a, just over nine million qualifying offer, so I think it's going to work out pretty well for him. Might even work out for the stars. We'll we'll see. Maybe they'll have those. I don't know what their contract situation is with uh, guys coming off the books, but we did have some other roster moves. People saying uh, Jake Vertanen released from his PTO by Edmonton. Seemed like you know there's off ice stuff, but on ice, I mean he's not he's not a pl- uh, player a- anymore. Uh, Sonny Milano cut by Calgary, him and Cody Eakin. That was interesting. We talked about Milano. Had a good season last year. Couldn't catch on on Calgary. I'm curious. The fact that he didn't, yeah. and the fact that he had to take a PTO yeah. was incredible. Now, maybe he thought that he would go into Calgary, have a great camp, and be able to demand a better contract than, you know, maybe he was being offered at other spots through earning it through a PTO. Uh, he didn't do much. I was talking with some guys from Calgary heading into the game, and uh, last night, and he had not been a factor whatsoever, and obviously now is still looking for work. And um, hey, there'll be injuries, there'll be some things that'll happen. We'll see Sonny Milano in the National Hockey League this year, but surprisingly, after the year he had last season, it might take a little bit longer. And honestly, we would still surprised that there's not room for him in Anaheim after the year that he had playing with Zegers. Yeah, I don't know what's going on where a guy who had uh, just over. 30 points in a season, um, couldn't get a real contract and had to get a PTO. He had 34 in 66 games. Like, that's that's pretty good. That's a little little more than half a point a game. Um, you think he would be able to be a player for someone? I don't know what happened in Anaheim. I don't know. It's mystery. You think this guy could get a contract, but uh, he didn't, and we're here now. I, would, I don't know what's going to happen it's interesting. Well, that'll certainly be something we'll pay attention to uh-huh. throughout the uh, throughout the next few weeks and see where Sonny Milano ends up. As of right now, our focus, though, is who makes the Winnipeg Jets and who will be in that lineup next week. One more chance to impress the coaches. But as we said from Rick Bonus, I think we'll have a pretty good idea on that opening night lineup tomorrow, uh, opening night lineup next Friday from tomorrow's lineup in Calgary. He said that's going to be pretty darn close to the lineup that they roll out in front of the home fans for the home opener. Tickets still available. You can get those at winnipegjets.com. And uh, that's going to do it for us today. 
Big thanks to uh, the Jet staff for helping us hook up with Pierre-Luc Dubois and, of course, for Pierre-Luc for joining us today on WST. Great chats with Ruwicki and Scott Billick as well. Enjoy the football game tonight, and don't forget to join us tomorrow. Big show, Blue Jays, Jets, Bombers, NFL. It is going to be packed. We'll see you then. By the way, make sure you've hit that red subscribe button and uh, tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk if you get a chance. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Thanks for being with us. Suits on tomorrow. Marbles. We'll see you tomorrow at 1. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.